You are now tuned into the Boxing Bros. I'm Caden. Trill Dollar Bill couldn't be with us, but he gave us some videos that we'll show uh, for some of these segments. And Complex is here with us. Introduce yourself, fellas. Going on. This is G. And this is... I don't feel right going, uh, going second. It don't feel right. <laughs> no, no. Hey, 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 wait. Complex, you got to introduce yourself. Uh, All right. Yeah. You, know, you know who it is. It's a boxing cousin, Complex. Just hit me up. 1-800-COMPLEX. I'm here. What's good? <laughs> Yo, that's funny. Why, why can't it just cut off TBE like that? Nah, because he said he don't feel. Nah, it don't feel right. It don't. Feel All right, right. so I'm now you you third again. Right. Go, ahead. Go, ahead. Go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. And it's the TBE. What up, baby? I know I was in here last week, but I missed y'all, and I know y'all missed me. What's up? We don't want to tell y'all what we found, Ned. We don't even want to tell y'all what we found, Ned, because he almost went missing today. That's the truth. Exactly. Mm. All right. Let's get into the first topic, which is our reaction to Ryan Garcia versus Javier Fortuna. Ryan Garcia was able to stop him in the sixth round. Conspiracy G, what was your reaction to the fight? Oh, I thought we were going with Ned first. Oh, come on, man. Yeah. I, I think, I think All right, go ahead, Ned. Go ahead, Ned. He's going to be this this fight, I don't know, Ryan. What are you doing with your career right now? What are you doing? What are you? Who are you fighting? There's so many good fighters right now, and you're choosing to pick up the slack. Then you're fighting the slack right now, man. I want I want to see you against better opposition. I was a fan, Ryan. I'm still a fan. I'm gonna stay on the wagon. But it's not. It's what you're doing right now. It's not it. You're fighting bottom of the barrel and claiming you're the best. You say you're the best. We want to see you fight the best at this point. You know, we came a couple years ago when we we, we we were watching you, we were observing you and everything, and you were claiming to be. You you showed you showed us a light. You there was a all right. Let me let me say this right now. In this division, <laughs> there was a lot of fighters, and now we want to see these fighters fight each other. And then Ryan, you got to fight. You got to fight somebody. You got to fight a killer. You to prove to you, you to prove us that you're a killer. You gotta fight a killer. And you're not fighting nobody right now. Javier Fortuna, it was a good fight. It, it wasn't a good fight. It was you knocked somebody out. Okay, but Ryan, I want to see. You fight the <laughs> yo, Dad, you see didn't watch the fight. Yo, G. Yo, G. I blame you for this, G. Okay, G. Fault, this is my, your fault. I watched the fight. I watched the fight, man. I watched the fight. No, no. This said it was a little fight. <laughs> I watched the fight. But Ryan, now, go ahead, Ned. Carry on. Speak your piece, Ned. Speak your piece. Yes. Ned, go ahead. I want to see Ryan fight. Kill. No, it's tired. I'm tired of seeing what fight fight dudes. And then he, he gets he gets by, but no, Ryan, we need to see up against uh, up against competition, because this is not it. This is not it. Like you do claim you're the best, and you, you're fighting guys like this. I don't want to see it no more. I want to see you fight competition, Ryan. I want to see you beat the best. If you are the best, be the best. And that was a Pokemon reference. <laughs> That's crazy, but Pokemon, uh, Pokemon. <laughs> They gave Pookie a cartoon? No, sir. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you got to do better. I want to see you do better. I want to see you be better, so you got to do better. And this ain't it. I don't like these type of fights for Ryan. It's not making him better. All right. You heard. T 
TBE. All right, G, go ahead. I, I, I kind of agree with Ned, and I shouldn't, because I feel like Ned just hit us with a lot of BS, but it's whatever. <laughs> but to a degree, uh, Ned's right. However, based upon Ryan's uh, previous performance against To-Go Plate, I thought this was a, a major improvement. However, Javier Fortuna, to me, was out of shape. My man was chubby in the middle. I understand with <laughs> that 140. It should have been at 135. Yo, we chefing it up. We chefing it up, G. Hey, man, listen. Yo, hold on. What, Javier Fortuna, is he Cuban? He's Dominican. He's Dominican. Dominican. Yo, man, yeah. listen. Yo, yo, hold on. Assistant Chef Ned, give me a Dominican dish. Cause that's what we was eating yesterday. You know what I mean? A Cubano. That's what we was eating, yo. That's Bro, that's Cuban. not. That's a Cuban. That's a Cuban dish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we was eating. We was eating. Oh, oh. Do you Google? Hold on. Mofongo. He's in some Mofongo. Mofongo. Whatever yeah, that yeah, is. That one. Mofongo. Mofongo. We had some Mofongo last night. Yeah, listen. This dude, Javier Fortuna, is to me. It's like you're shorter, and you don't have the the reach. Ryan showed that he was much faster, you know. Now, I'm going to say um, the positives before I talk about my negatives. Ryan was much faster. Ryan <clears throat> did utilize the right hand a lot. He also utilized the left hook a lot. And it was kind of, like, interesting because Javier Fortuna is a southpaw, and he just he had no answers for, for Ryan. And then very few times in the fight, where uh, Javier decided to actually go for the attack, it was probably maybe twice, maybe three times you can see Javier actually throw a combination at Ryan. I think only like one time he actually landed, right? It was just a bad performance from Javier Fortuna. It looked like Javier was that afraid of Ryan. Now, Ryan did pull off the, the knockout, excellent shots, you know, especially to the body. That was cool. But at first, it seemed like Ryan kept going for the left hook. And I'm like, bro, like, Javier, you know that's Ryan's, like, go-to punch. So you got to know that it's coming, right? And then when Ryan first caught him to the body, then out of nowhere, remember now Javier's lowering his hands, talking about aim for my face. I'm like, yo, bro, that's cute. But we know your body's hurting right now. So... I thought that was like, eh. But in regards to performance, I can't really give uh, Ryan full credit because it wasn't like this was like a, a A1 Javier Fortuna. And not to mention, Javier Fortuna's not even an elite person anyways, you know, but it is a good step-up fight for Ryan for a few reasons. You know, the, the, the fight that Ryan had with Togo, I think that was his first time with um, Joe Goosen, you know, so that was kind of like they're, they're figuring out something. But now in this fight, you know, I just have to say shout out to my man, Joe Jean Jacket Goosen. You know what I mean? Like they, they, he knows like Ryan knew not to engage with the guy. So he didn't make foolish mistakes. He wasn't like, I'm like, oh, I got him hurt. I'm going for the kill now. Cause he did that with uh, what's that British homeboy? Um, the UK dude, uh, um, Campbell, right? Oh, Luke Campbell, Luke. Campbell. Yeah, he did that with Campbell, right? And so he learned I don't need to do that, especially with a guy that's shorter than him. One, two. Sometimes he'll do the one, two, three. Sometimes I'll just do the three, two. Like 
he had the the basic combinations, but his speed made it more devastating. It's just my man Javier just he was like a punching bag. It was essentially watching Ryan hit a punching bag. I'm not even lying. It was just like a one sided fight for six rounds, you know. But because of Ryan's previous performance was so bad against the goal plate. I'm going to give him a little bit of credit for this fight, even though the guy that he fought didn't even take this fight seriously. He didn't make weight. It was clear as day. My man didn't have no six-pack. Looked like he had, like, the making love handles. He didn't really <laughs> to fight. It's not like he really came to fight. My man probably thought Ryan was a joke. You know, Ryan is kind of like a cheesy dude. He was probably like, yo, before we were supposed to fight, you got a mental health breakdown because you know I was going to violate you. So he's probably thinking the same thing's going to happen this go-around, but Ryan was actually prepared. So salute to Ryan to a degree. I'm still not impressed, but at least you made it more entertaining than that to-go play fight. All right. Complex in the building. <laughs> All right, Joe. Uh, so I didn't see the fight because I canceled the zone. Uh, like two months ago, because <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm all set on the zone. So that's a whole nother conversation. I know that's another topic, but I did see the highlights. <laughs> we can get it. No, so go ahead. <laughs> I did see the highlights. Ryan did look good from his performance. Like, I think for me, and Jeep just mentioned it, the, the real X factor here is Joe Goosen. Um, when Ryan went to Joe Goosen, I thought that was actually a very good move for his career. I know that he was with Team Canelo and working out and, you know, they were looking, he was looking good. But Joe Goosen is an excellent, excellent boxing trainer. He's been around for years. If you if you don't know Joe Goosen, you should. But look up his fight. Uh, he was cornering uh, uh, Corrales versus Castillo. And that's an epic fight. And you see him in the corner giving advice to his fighter to get him back in the fight. You better get in on him. And look up the video. It's amazing. Joe Goosen is an excellent trainer, and Corrales was, I believe, the unified or the uh, undisputed lightweight champion, wasn't he? You guys, if you guys remember, he was unified. I don't know. He was definitely unified. So he has he has an he has experience with lightweight fighters. He has a history there where he's helped fighters get to that championship level. So if Ryan sticks with Joe Goosen, I can see them having some really good um, success together. So I think you know this is his second fight with Joe Goosen. I'm interested to see where he goes. Like, look, with uh, Fortuna, I think, like you guys mentioned already, Fortuna didn't come in in great shape. Uh, he didn't look very impressive. But Ryan did what you're supposed to do with that level of opposition. You know, you can cry about the opposition, but he dispatched him as he should have, right? He got him out of there by KO, and he dominated him. So that still shows that you're a levels above him, right? It's not just the fact that he beat him. It's not like he went 12 rounds with them and struggled a bit. No, he he completely dismantled them, as he should. So that shows that Ryan does have a level of success. When you can see fighters dispatch of other fighters, you know, how you win matters. The way he took him out shows that he is a, a upper class than what where uh, Fortuna's at. And Fortuna's kind of a middle of the road. I know um, I was I lost something I saw him in Jojo Diaz, uh, and he lost that, um, you know, I want to see Ryan against some better competition. Obviously, the way the lightweight landscape is, it's a little bit tough because of contracts. Ryan is with the zone. Um, I don't know any other really lightweight fighters with the zone except maybe a Jojo Diaz. Um, but I know with ESPN, there's a lot of fighters there. I don't know if he can make a deal to get a big name or if he can work out a deal with Tank. I don't know if he's ready for that. But 
Ryan is ready to step up to the next level. Ryan has got the star power. He's got the look. And he can fight. And he's got the trainer behind him. So it's now or never. He's got to make a move. I mean, he can keep doing these kind of showcase fights for whatever. But, you know, fans need to see something. And also for your career. You're not getting any younger. You want to get into your shot at world titles. You want to get win titles, move up in weight classes and things like that. So, you know, I think it's time for Ryan to make some moves. Obviously, all the titles are tied up with Haney right now, going back to Australia to fight Cambosos. So, you know, if he can make a marquee matchup, there's some other big names in the division. If you could find another, you know, top three guy and 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 let's get it on. You can make a big fight. I, You know, the Javante the fight, I wouldn't be mad at him for setting it up right now because you've got the juice behind you. Um, Javante's got the juice. Y'all can make a lot of money. You know what I mean? And it's it's a boxing game. There's no guarantees anything. You may not win, but you may you 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 may not lose either. So you got to go for it. So um, shout out to Ryan. Congrats on the win. Um, but you know, let's let's see you get up to the next level because you've shown that you can beat these guys at this level. You dispatched them. You knocked them out. Let, let's see some the top the top of the division now. Let's see what you could do there. All right, and. Although he couldn't be here with us, we have a uh, Trill's take on this. If it works, if it doesn't work, then you know. But can you guys see it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's what Trill had to say. Yo, shout out to Ryan Garcia, man. That was an impressive win last night, man. Shout out to Ryan, man. Great job. Great job. Um, shout out to my man Joe Goosey, man. He had on the Canadian tuxedo with Ryan's logo on it, man. I thought that was dope. But, you know, it's a good job, man, last night, man. We had tuna fish sandwiches with Lay's potato chips and pickles on the side. That's what we had, man. Dominican-style tuna fish sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, for me, Ryan looked better than he did in his last performance with Togo. He utilized his jab. He managed the distance well because Javier Fortuna is shorter. He placed his shots well, particularly the speed on his jab and his left hook gave Fortuna big-time problems in the body shot. You know, was the beginning of the end, and he finished it with a shot to the head. But here's what I would say. When you talk as much as Ryan Garcia does, and you call other people boring and, and you don't want to give people credit, then people are going to be critical of your performance. And you're fighting Javier Fortuna, and the fight was supposed to be at 135 pounds, but it ended up being at 140 pounds because Javier Fortuna couldn't make weight. And then when you see them at the weigh-in, Javier Fortuna has no six-pack. He has a one-pack. One from that's called a gut. You know, he has like, you know, no abs and he is on the scale. Now, go ahead, uh, TBE. As you would call it, it's the six pack under the fat. Are you hearing me? Nah, not yeah, no six pack, bro. No, under the fat is a six pack. <laughs> but he didn't have no semblance of a six pack. But here's the thing, right? It's comparing Javier Fortuna to the way we see him on the scale usually. Because it's not like this is some Johnny come lately. This is a guy we've seen in the ring before. And he normally comes in looking more physically fit than he did. Now, Ryan can only beat the guy in front of him, right? But that wasn't the best version of Javier Fortuna, if we're being honest. And another thing, 
Fortuna's style has never really been that great. Like, G, you brought up how when Ryan hit him with the body shot, he started putting his hands down and go. That's how he always fight. That's the way he normally fight. I'm shocked he kept his hands up as long as he did. And I think it was because of Ryan's speed. But I think once Ryan clipped him, he said, oh, this is going to be my last stand. And he tried to do that whole, oh, which way am I coming from? Put my hands down. And Ryan was just too fast, too slick for him. So it didn't do anything and it didn't work. And he didn't have the stamina it looked like to, to give his normal punch output. To me, Ryan beating Javier Fortuna was expected because, like I said, if you know Fortuna, I never really liked this style out. I, I, I think Ryan's a better fighter than him. Like Complex said, Ryan proved he's a cut above Fortuna. But so is everyone else. Everyone else we talk about who we say we want to see Ryan fight, they're a cut above Javier Fortuna too. Jojo Diaz beat uh, Javier Fortuna, and we just saw Devin Haney beat Jojo Diaz, the winner. We also saw Devin beat George Cambosis. We saw George Cambosis beat Teofimo Lopez. We saw Teofimo Lopez beat uh, Vasily Lomachenko. You see all these names I'm naming, these six degrees of separation. Ryan, you're not in any of it. Your name's not in any of it. See, that's the difference. Well, that's that's what we're talking about. You know, even even Tank, you want to call out Tank, but Tank stopped Barrios. Barrios went twelve with uh, Keith one time Thurman. Like, where's your opponent? Well, we can say something like that about you. See, that's that's where things are coming in. And the other thing I would say for Ryan is, I thought it was a good performance. Ryan's up and coming. I don't want to take anything away from Ryan, but you got to stop taking unnecessary shots at Canelo. Like, oh, people didn't believe in me, said I didn't take it seriously, blah, blah, blah. Yo, let me tell you something. Like, you're not fighting Canelo. You're not fighting Eddie Reynoso. Despite what you may feel, those dudes don't have it out for you, man. I bet you they're happy you won. Despite how crazy you are, because to be a mentor is to have to motivate someone. Mm-hmm. Right. And sometimes when you motivate someone, you have to tell them what they don't want to hear because it's what they need to hear in that moment. I'll give you an example. Like some coaches do that to their players. Right. Um, for example, a coach will tell a player, you're never going to score a thousand points this season. You don't shoot well enough. You don't do this. The player gets mad, works their tail off, comes in, scores a thousand, and goes to the coach like, "Ha, oh, what do you got to say now?" The coach is like, "Thank you for winning me games." <laughs> got him, mm-hmm. right? There's this movie where uh, Robert Duvall and um, I think that's his name, Robert Duvall and Robert Downey Jr. It's called The Judge, and right, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is the judge's son, and Robert Downey Jr. was a troubled kid. So his dad put him in certain like homes and, and, and put him in certain positions that he didn't appreciate. And so his whole life after that, Robert Downey Jr.'s character uh, set out to be the greatest attorney ever. And he became one of the, the best attorneys and everything. And he hated his dad for it. And then they were sitting down and his dad was basically in his last days, and he said to his dad, and he said, and you did this to me, you did that to me, and you put me in this position, you put me in that position, but look what I've become. And his dad basically was like, 
you're welcome. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're welcome. You could have been a kid who got arrested. You could have you were going down the wrong path, and now look at you. And it was in that moment that Robert Downey Jr.'s character realized, damn, he saved me. So, Ryan, as much as you want to brag about your performance, that was good. And if what they told you is what motivated you to look as good as you did last night, they told you the right thing. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is Ryan Garcia claims he's not going back down to 135. He's saying that he liked the way he felt at 140. He wants to stay at 140. But we all know at 135, is where Javante Tank Davis currently campaigns. It's where Devin the Dream Haney campaigns. It's where Vasily Lomachenko campaigns. And it's also where George Ferocious Cambosis campaigns. So he's saying he's moving up to 140. The question is, is it a duck or nah? And the or nah is because, well, Josh Taylor's at 140. They keep saying, although it's already known he's moving because he, he already vacated belts. And Teofimo Lopez just went to 140. So uh, the question is, is he ducking? I'm going to turn it over to you. Um, Complex, what do you think? Yeah, I don't think it's a duck necessarily, but I don't think it's a good decision. Um, Yes, the 135 division is packed with talent, and there's a lot of big fights there. Um, if If he's not fighting at 135, it's kind of hard to make those fights happen. I mean, I'm sure all those guys or some of them are moving up. I'm sure Devin Haney's at some point moving up to 140. Uh, Javante has fought at 140 before. I can see him going up to there. Um, I don't know about Cambosis or um, uh, well, Tia Fimo's already up there. And um, Lomachenko probably is not going up to 140. Uh, I, if I was Ryan, I'd probably stay away from Lomachenko anyways. But um, <laughs> in any event, I just think that for Ryan, he's still young. And you didn't really accomplish much at that weight class. So that's fine. I mean, depending on what you do with the rest of your career, but I think you do have an opportunity to make some noise at 135 and really test yourself, right? If you jump up to 140 now, it's like you kind of skipped all that. You didn't really go through that, you know, in that, just like if you look at Devin Haney, he's now test himself against the best in the division and look where it got him. He's now the uh, undisputed champion and you don't have any real championships at that weight class. I wouldn't want – I feel like it would be a shame for your career if you fought at 135 but didn't get any real championships at that weight class and then moved up. And I think you need to go – it's okay if he takes a loss, but you need to go through some of those tough battles that's going to prepare you for the battles later on, you know? So if I was him, I'd still try to campaign at 135 now. At the same time, I just looked it up. Ryan is tall. He's 5'10". Um, he's, he's 23. Um, you know, it may be tough for him to make the weight. And maybe he does legitimately feel better at 140. You know, that's a decision for him to make. But I would like to see him at least try to win a belt at 135 before going up. Now, obviously, there's a lot of politics and things like that, so that may not be easy. But I just don't think he should move on just yet. Um, you know, you ju- you start off at 135. You had some opportunities there, but, you, you know, things didn't work out. But, you know, there's big fights down there. You can have big fights down there um, before moving up to 140. Um, because even at 140, it's not like there's a lot of open vacant belts right now. I know that Josh Taylor is is leaving and his belts will be vacating soon. But, um, you know, I still think try at 135. But if there's an opportunity at 140 for a vacant belt and you can slide in there, then, you know, it's hard to turn that down. But I still think you should um, – there's a lot of big fights at 135 uh, that you should have 
before moving up to 140. I just don't think – and I think also the size of the guys is going to be different. Javier Fortuna at 140 is not the same as these other 145, 140-pounders. Um, a lot of these guys cut down and wait to get there. So you're going to be facing bigger men who are cutting down to get there. And maybe it's easier cut for you, but they, for them, they've been doing it for years. And there's a lot of tough guys down there. I mean, look at like a Regis Progre. Um, uh, who's the Tepeda. other dude? Yeah, Tepeda's you know, there's there. a lot of good fighters at that oh, weight class too. Yeah, and Ramirez, Jose Ramirez. Jose yeah. Ramirez, that's what I was thinking of. And the thing is... Maurice Hooker might give him problems, yeah. Well, did Morris Hooker move up to 147 or did he? Oh, he might. He may have. I think. He well, did. he fought Virgil Ortiz at 147. Yeah, and yeah. then lost. But anyways, there's a lot of tough fighters at 140, and they don't have as big. But he a might name. be going back. <laughs> yeah, they don't have as big a name as the guys at 135. So even if you lose to the guys at 135, it's like, all right. Like, yo, it's it's a Lomachenko, it's a it's a Haney or whatever. You lose to a Jose Ramirez that people don't the general public doesn't know as much or or Maurice Hooker or Regis Progre and those guys can hurt you too that's the mm-hmm. other thing the power is different at 140 so for me I think that it's I think he should still try at 135 no, we'll mention Jack Catterall he he a lot of people think he beat he, but yeah that's true so I think he should still try 135 I think that's his best chance but if you got an opportunity at 140 and you're feeling froggy you know go for it but I think it's a bad move I think staying on 135 all right, Spirit G. Yeah, I agree with Complex, but I'm going to still call it a duck. And uh, the reason for it is because, and for a number of reasons, but Ryan in particular, and and I'm trying to say this in a sensitive way, but Ryan's, uh, his mentality is not as strong as the average fighter, right? I think Ryan can't handle the criticism. And at 135, that's a stacked division. And it is true what Complex is saying that it could be maybe he does struggle to to maintain 135, right? However, at his size and frame, he's one of the big guys at 135. So he has a better chance of dominating 135 than he does 140, right? But it's like, all right, another thing is, well, then, is a political game. Who can he fight at 135? Right now, if Haney uh, gets past uh, uh, Cambosis, I think they can make that fight. Right. Tank seems like he's willing to to fight Ryan. Right now. I don't know if he could get any of the other fights at 135, but I think those two fights he could definitely get. Right now. Do you really think Ryan is going to actually take either of those fights? He might take Tank because he thinks he's bigger than Tank. Right. Because. Tank's actually natural 135er. Like, Tank's not going up. Lomachenko's not going up. Cambosis aren't going up. These guys are too small for one. Lomachenko done already gone up enough. Yo, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're not, they're not built for 140, but they're ideal for 135. Ryan is like, okay, well, if I do stay, and remember with his back and forth with Canelo, he's like, yo, I'm in a like a shark-infested division. You know what I mean? So he's expressing like, yo, this is tough. You know what I mean? So to me, that kind of sounds like, yeah, I don't really want to challenge myself. I just want to pose as a king. So if I could just get out of this division and he could just claim politics, what fight can I make? Nobody signed to the zone. Nobody wants to work with Oscar and Golden Boy, blah, 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 blah. Right. And that could be his out. 
So even if people are going to call him a duck the senator, he doesn't care because at least he gets to maintain his O. So to me, essentially, that's a duck. That's why I don't really like uh, what Ryan is doing. I think if anything, right before you go to 140, at least do the, the, the tank fight or a Haney fight. And then you can at least get your respect. Because, I mean, Tank isn't really a champion. Let's just keep it real. But in the eyes of the fans, that's a championship fight, right? Same thing with a Haney fight. But at the very least, I do think, uh, you know, Haney's on his way to 140 also. Like, Haney has that frame similar to Ryan, where it's like, it, it must be hard for these guys to maintain 135. Haney's probably doing way better than Ryan, but eventually both gentlemen are going back. You know, they're going up to, to 140. So they could possibly fight at 140, but you know Tank ain't going to 140. You know what I mean? Like, and if Tank does go to 140, it might just be just for this fight. But you know Tank's his best at 135. Fight Tank before you go to 140. And if you're really not trying to go to one back to 135, I if the answer isn't like a um uh, a Josh Taylor where it's like I'm really struggling to make weight, I just can't do it. I'm fatigued. I'm this. I'm that. Then I could be like, I understand he has to do it for health reasons. But him going to 140 right now just seems like it's a mental health reason. I'm shook to death. I don't want to get crucified out here. I don't want to lose my O to another guy because these are real shark infested waters. If I'm gonna lose my O, let it be to do that 140. So then I can have set excuses like, oh, they're bigger than me. They're this, they're that. So that's why I lost. But here at 135, they're kings just like you're a king, right? So let's see who's the king of the hill. You leaving tells me you don't want no problem. So, yeah, I think it's a duck. T-B-E, you say what? I wouldn't say it's a duck. It's a T of female. It's realizing... I can't get no food out here, so he got to move up. So, That's you know. Did, bro. What you talking about? Huh? T.O. literally struggled to make weight. Like I said, he can't get no food out here, so he got to move up. And he's going to move. The reason he's moving up is because he don't want to fight these guys, which is, it, it's a duck in itself, but it's more but of T.O. fought these type. guys. I True, 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 true. But Tio don't want to fight these guys. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> Tio Porter, so he don't want to fight them. So Ryan, is, <laughs> he's, taking, he's taking heat to the warning. He's taking heat to the warning, and he's moving on up <laughs> to the east side. You know, I had to throw that in there. But I feel Ryan feels he has it's a better opportunity for him to win in one at 140 and 135. Which the one that when when you look at one thirty five, there's a lot of killers out there. There's a lot of killers out there, and you know it's like instead of I don't want to I don't slip on my words. Instead of being down there where you know that you face a lot of dangers, you got you got you you know ease yourself into a different division where you feel it's more and you can accomplish more and make a name for yourself. And officially solidify yourself as a solid boxer in, 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 this, in the world. But it's not, it's, it's, for me, I would like to see Ryan fight Devin. I would like to see him fight Tank. He's been calling these guys out a lot, but if he's going to move on up, 140 has been a simple division 
for some time now. You know, we had how many undisputed champions? We had Josh. We had. Listen, Terrence Crawford. <laughs> yeah, we had. We had. It, it, you know, he sees an opportunity he can capitalize on. But I'm saying everybody moves up. At, at, at one point, Devin's gonna move up. Tank might move up. Uh, I don't know about Lomachenko. Lomachenko look like this is this is his division. But Teofimo, we saw Teofimo go up. We saw, you know, that it, at, at one point we're gonna see these fighters from this division move up. But Ryan, if this is what you want to do, I applaud it. But I don't want to see you fighting food no more. Don't go to 140 to fight food. Go to 140, fight the up and coming guys, and then go take go go for undisputed after that. There's some belts out there that's vacant. There's an opportunity for you to become champion. Make do what you gotta do. Yeah, y'all really think Ryan that much of a killer, huh? All right. No. All right. And so here's what Trill Dollar Bill had to say on this matter. All right, so that's what Trill Dollar Bill had to say on the subject. Here's what I have to say. Duck. <laughs> it's a duck for a number of reasons. The first reason why it's a duck is you want to call out Javante Tank Davis, but say you're not going back down to 135 pounds. So you're already putting a condition on fighting Tank. You're saying, I'm fighting Tank. I want Tank next but I'm not going back down to 135. So that means if Tank says, I'll fight you for all the money, everything you want, but it's got to be at 135, you're going to say no, and we already know that. Because you said you're not going back down to 135. Here's another reason why that's a duck to me. It's a duck because the reason you fought at 140 wasn't because you couldn't make 135. It's because Fortuna couldn't make 135. So if you could have made 135 comfortably, comfortably, but you're still choosing to not fight Javante at 135 because you just want to feel more comfortable. That shows that like, you just want an advantage. You want you want it where you feel like you got the advantage. But what about Tank, who's shorter than you? Shorter, shorter reach than you. Tank is giving up height. He's giving up reach. You want him to give up weight, too? You want everything in your advantage. And you can you can make 135 comfortably based on what you said. Now, had you had said, we agreed to fight at 140 because it was difficult for both of us to make 135, that would have been one thing. You said you fought at 140 because Fortuna couldn't make 135. So if you can make 135 and Tank wants to fight at 135, I say you fight at 135 because that's where you've been campaigning. You already have the height advantage. You already have the reach advantage. You want to have the weight advantage too. And Troll brought up a great point. He did fight Barrios at 140. That don't mean he's going to fight Ryan at 140. <laughs> it's a different circumstance, different fighter, different people. 
different set of negotiations. So again, for me, when you say that, that my intent is already going off. Okay. Also, when you say you're not going back to 135, but you, you say you want to fight Tank, who's currently at 135, I think about, well, what else is at 135? Devin Haney? Your arch rival, Devin Haney. You wouldn't go back down to 135 to fight Devin Haney for Undisputed? Exactly. So if Devin offers you the, fight, the opportunity to fight him for Undisputed at 135, he can't give you that offer at 140. You're not going to go back down to 135. And again, the reason why you fought at 140 wasn't because you couldn't make weight. It was because Fortuna couldn't make weight. You say you can make 135 comfortably, so why wouldn't you fight Devin for Undisputed? It will be the biggest fight of your life. It would solidify your career. It will give you the opportunity to become Undisputed champion in one night. You know how many people dream of that? Most people got to. You know, Devin, Devin even got a, in a kind of dispute where was he was emailed the belt. Was he really champion? Blah, blah. So although he became undisputed in one night, technically, it was a lot for him, too, like that, that he had gone through. Typically, you don't just get that opportunity. You wouldn't even take that for to fight to fight uh, Devin for undisputed. OK, so you want Devin to move up to 140 and give up his belts to fight you? What makes you the A-side? See, you're already starting negotiations off in a bad way, which is which tells me you're trying to duck. Because you're taking A-side stance with a D-side resume. Nope. Vasily Lomachenko would cook Javier Fortuna. <laughs> would cook him. Like Vasily would be deciding what punch he wants to knock him out with in the in the middle of the fight. He'll beg the ref first, like, please, please, please. Fine, okay. Left hook coming soon. You know, that that's what he would do to him. Devin would school Javier Fortuna. School him. So this is this is what we're talking about when we talk about Ryan Garcia saying he wants the best in the division. I tell you what, I would have been more impressed if you would have did that to Richard Comey. I would have been more impressed if you would have did that to Nakatani. See, those are some really good fighters you could have fought and would have told us more about you than Javier Fortuna. But now you're at 140 saying everybody needs to come to 140. What made you the shot caller? You haven't done more than Vasily. Because you got more Instagram followers than, than Vasily. Stop it. Like He's a, he's a king. Aiden, he's a king. <laughs> the king of gossip. All right. Now, <laughs> when, when, we, when we talk about 140 now, what are you going to 140 to do? Because this is also very important. Are you going to 140 to fight Zepeda? Are you going to 140 to fight Jose Ramirez? Are you going to 140 to fight Tio? Because if you do that, although to me, I'm going to be honest with you, I feel like that's still taking the easy route. I feel like Devin will move up right now and beat Zepeda and Jose Ramirez. Hell, I feel Shakur Stevenson will move up right now and beat those guys. That's just well, that's Shakur will move up to where Ryan's at to beat Ryan. Shakur, know? yeah, he don't want no. Listen, to be honest with you, none of them want no parts of that dude, right? So maybe only Haney. Might. Nah, I'm not saying that. I'm yeah. not saying that any of them couldn't win. What I'm saying is, you know, in training camp, yeah. you're in for you're in for a rough night. 
You're in for a rough night. That's what you know. Here's, here's, here's what I'm saying to you. What are you going on 140 to do? Are you going on 140 to beat these guys to a belt at 140 so one day they got to see you? Because if you do that, then I'm cool with it. But if you're going to 140 to fight the Fortunas at 140, if you're going to 140 to, to fight, uh, you know, what 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 but what, what, what was but that at? Uh, he was at 130. He he probably need to move up to 140. But if you're going to if you're going to 140 to fight the the middle middle contenders, the fringe contenders, the the has-beens, the if you're going to 140 to do that, you ducking. So again, I do think it's a duck because his best fights are at 135, and he is not returning to 135 because. He just doesn't feel like it. Not out of necessity. So I don't want to hear the necessity argument because he said it himself. He could have made 135. He just doesn't want to. He just wants to stay at 140. And he said one last thing. He said he's going to record negotiations. He said that and at the end. He said, I'm going to record negotiations so y'all can see it's not me. We just saw it was you. We just saw it was you because you said, I want Tank. At 140. And if it's at 135, then I'm not doing it. So who's so 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 we already know who's responsible for the fight not happening. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros is information that came from Talk Sport, which is basically Frank Warren saying that Deontay Wilder is coming back in October and he believes that the opponent is going to be Robert Hellenis. And What's that like? The Nordic, uh, what do they call them? The Nordic, I forget the Nordic, something. Nordic nightmare, or something like that. Nord, yeah, the Nordic nightmare. Yeah, and he had just completely destroyed Adam Kownowski <laughs> 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 in his last fight. Just destroyed the poor guy two times. Um, yeah, I was rooting for him, uh, Kownowski too. But yeah, that's the one G got right. I think. Yeah, that was the only one I got right. <laughs> that's the one G got right. So, um, yeah. I'm turning over to you, Kaspira G. What's your reaction to this? Uh, and do you think it's a good fight? All right. I kind of knew if Wilder was going to make a comeback, it would be a guy like a Hellenist. But um, I actually don't like it um, for a few reasons. For one, it's my I'm in my Kaspira G bag. I know Wilder and Hellenist are pretty close. So mm-hmm. to me, it could just be awesome. Hellenis might be like, all right, yo, listen, I'll take this L, you know, to big you up. Just always hire me for training camps or whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm, I'm just saying, it's just like if if, if, if Fury and um, Joseph Parker, you know, was like, yeah, let's just do this fight. And I'm like, well, I don't really trust y'all. Just like with Joseph Parker and Chisor, I'm like, eh, y'all are boys. Y'all really going to try to take our heads, each other's heads off? I'm like, eh. you know, now there's guys that could do it, but then there's other guys that are probably like, let me weigh my options here. Am I ever going to really be a world champion? Does Hellenis really think he's going to be a world champion? I don't think so. I think he's comfortable being just a guy that's on, like, the the Fox, like, fights, you know? And so, like, he 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 knows he knows his position that he's playing, right? They're feeding him to Wilder, and Wilder's his man. He's probably like, oh, whatever, as long as I get a good payday. So I don't necessarily like it. I honestly... And, but I, and also, obviously, both of them are PPC fighters, so it makes sense, right? Like, the other options, 
is like he's actually the best one in PBC right now, right? Because Wilder already went through like most of the other PBC guys. So who else can they can they use within that that uh that you know promotional team? Helenas because if it was if if Helenas lost to Kanaki, I'm pretty sure they would put Wilder with Kanaki, right? But Kanaki lost, so it makes the most sense to put him in there with Helenas. So it's just it's whatever, man. It's literally this is just a showcase fight to just watch Wilder make his comeback. That's what it really is. I I wish though Al would consider, you know, um the the Chisora fight for a number of reasons. We I so believe they Wilder, say they're not they're not doing a Chisora fight. Yeah, I know, but I believe that Wilder could there's more to be made like notoriety wise. With a Tresora fight than there is a Hellenist fight. Now Shelly said if if anything, he would they would if they did business, they would go straight for the winner of Usyk Joshua. Yeah, like, I heard him say that. I heard there's no that. point in doing business to, to fight Chisora. It's just simple. Win the hearts of the UK fans. You know you're gonna win, just knock this dude out and keep it pushing. You know what I mean? Like Hellenist, like I'm gonna be honest, man. Nobody it's not like anyone's gonna be excited for this fight. And I'd be damned if this becomes a pay-per-view fight. I'm not paying to see Wilder beat up on Hellenis unless that's, like, free on Showtime or free on Fox. If it's a pay-per-view fight, this is rubbish, bro. Like, this is UK rubbish. What they be saying, rubbish? That's what that is. Think about it. The Chisora Wilder, the, 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 the conferences, like, all the promotional stuff is going to be hilarious. They're going to talk trash. It's going to be funny. You know, Wilder gets the opportunity to tap into a market that historically has been like hating on him because of the whole AJ situation. This is a way to win more of those fans, so that way it's like he can come in there. You think like, knocking out Chisora is a way for Wilder to win over the UK? Yo, I'm telling you, yeah. You know, like knocking out the UK mascot. Why not? You know what I mean? Like Wilder <laughs> just has to show another side of himself, like. You know, he doesn't have to be the the, the the pompous American, right? He And you know Wilder, man, he's really a nice dude. So, you know, Wilder does the little back and forth with Chisora, but then after shows Chisora love, embraces the UK, show them respect, blah, 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 boom, he wins over some people. You know, Wilder already won a lot of UK fans from the Fury loss, you know? So, like, this is a way to 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 take Wilder's, um, I guess, star power to the next level. Him going up against Hellenis, it does nothing for his real it really does nothing for his career. It's just to stay active. That's all it is. It's like, all right, I'm just gonna stay active. Now Hellenis is, I'm not gonna say Hellenis is food. He's not. He's a rugged dude. He has power. But again, I just don't see Wilder losing to Hellenis. If Hellenis beats Wilder, that's gonna be a major upset of the year. So I just don't necessarily see it. So I'm like. If you're gonna go play with food, go play with Chisora. Pause. You know what I mean? So, like, I think it'd just be much easier, and he just wins way more than beating a Hellenist. He may be onto something because, you know, if you beat Chisora, you get five guys burgers after. I made uh, the TVE. Uh, what's what's your reaction to this? I, I'm not on. Um, geez, geez. I, I feel what G's saying. But I feel like Robert Hellenis has put the work in. And 
it's it's not gonna be a like an easy fight for Wilder. Like I feel like this is gonna it's gonna be a good fight, but it's not gonna be a gut fight we want to pay for. It shouldn't be on pay per view. I feel Hellenis has put the work in to show you that he's like a dog in this division, but he's not over the he's not over the edge. But Wilder, it's his comeback fight, and this is a dangerous fight for him. And I think Wilder really should train for this dude and really should watch some tape and really understand what he's going up against. Because Hernandez was surprised. Hard many times. Why would he need to watch tape? Ah, true, true. But Kalnaki was supposed he to He still be- need to watch tape, Ned. He still need to watch tape. Kalnaki, <laughs> excuse me, Kalnaki was um supposed to be one of the one of the guys we talked about, he's in the top ten heavyweights, but he's not. He got oh, Stop. He got outshone, outboxed. He got beaten and battered by Hellenis plenty twice, twice. And I just think it's not going to be that easy of a fight as you think it is. I think Hellenis is going to show up, and then, you know, you know that moment when you think y'all are friends, and be like, yo, 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 take. Take 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 that fall. He's not. He's not. Um, why am I dropping? Why am I forgetting Malik his Scott. name? Malik, Malik Scott. He's not Malik Scott. He's not Malik Scott. And I think Wilder's gonna learn a valuable lesson in this fight right now. So I'm not picking anybody at this moment, but I think it's gonna be a dope fight. I think it's gonna be something we need to watch. But <laughs> until October. All right, you heard what my man TVE had to say. Now let's bring in Complex. All right, all right. You know, I love the Wilder conversations. <laughs> no, but um, this is a bad fight. This is a bad fight. And the reason why it's a bad fight is because one of the fighters already told us how it would go. If you guys went go back to uh, Fury Wilder 3, in the build-up to that fight, there was uh, one of those 24-7 like, type programs or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And they showed Wilder sparring Hellenius in the footage. And it was a short amount of footage. But <laughs> in the footage, Wilder's giving Hellenius the business. Now, obviously, this is a buildup for Wilder's fight, so they're going to show the best parts. But you can see Wilder wrecking Hellenius already, right? So that's one. Two, after Hellenius' second fight against Kaunaki, they talked to him in the ring. I forget if it was an interview or so, but they asked him, how was it training with Wilder, getting ready for this fight, you know? And he was like, it was good. I just was trying not to get knocked out. He was like, the whole, the, the whole, the hard thing was staying awake the whole time, right? So this already told us how the fight would go. Now, obviously, you know, training camp, fights, sparring is not the same as uh, in the ring. So not everything that happens in sparring exactly is going to happen in the ring. But... I think, like G mentioned, these guys are kind of friends. He's been in his training camp. Um, to me, it's not, it's not, it's not my best fight. I don't want, I don't, I'm not really care for it. Like, if it's on Fox, I'll watch it. If the, if you want to put on Fox as like a showcase, so bring Wilder back and mm-hmm. watch him, you know, eat some Nordic food or whatever. Cool. But if you're gonna try to make this like a marquee fight and, and whatever, I just don't see it for me personally. Now, obviously. The general public might buy it up, but I, I I would pass on it because I just don't think it's a a, a fight that you know is going to prove anything. I see Wilder as still a championship level fight fighter, so uh, I know this is his first fight back after a while. I don't expect him to get into like a you know one of the top top guys, but at least I want to see a challenge. And I do think Wilder is at least one of the top three heavyweights in the world right now, still even after the loss to Fury. And I think he can prove that. You know, 
um, I think a good fight. Who's a person who's I think with PBC or at least with Showtime is Otto Wallin. Otto Wallin, I think fights for Showtime. I last I last he fought Dominic Brazil. He's had some other fights, but that's a guy who fought Tyson Fury, uh, went twelve rounds with him. You can fight him, right? Um, it, his name is not that big, but if you're gonna fight some European bum or not a bum, but like a, some European name. At least let it be Otto Wallin or give us something new that we don't know. We and, and Otto Wallin has fought well enough that you can question, like, hey, he could beat Wilder, right? He gets some boxing skills. He has, um, you know what I'm saying? So you might think, like, hey, there's a chance that, that Wilder could lose. Um, I, well, there's any fight that is possible, but uh, uh, G, quick question Do you think Wilder's gonna get any credit from beating Wallin, though? I don't think he's gonna get any credit for beating Hellenius. So if you're gonna, for me. I'd Man. rather just see a new name because, like, he ain't I said, get no credit for being Chisora either, right? No, but Chisora, <laughs> Chisora has the biggest name. You know what I mean? So at least, yeah, but that yeah. Chisora to me is the is the weakest out of all those to fight. That's a that is true. It's yeah, a weakest. That's fight. why it's the easiest tuna fight. On, that's, that's like a problem. Fight. Bank easy. That's I don't think he's gonna get that's, that's what G really want. G want the easiest fight for Wilder. That's nah, what not, even, <laughs> not even. I'm not even. Nah, nah, nah. Not even. Like, like I would love to get Wilder should fight George Joyce right now. But I'm like, bro, I don't want Wilder to be in a real gunfight right now. Like, say that for I, one. I, I would be fine if he fought. Look, I would love it if he fought Joseph Parker. If they can make that fight. Because they've been talking about that for years, and, and people were always like, oh, well, whatever. Like, okay, let's fight Joseph Parker now, former champions, right? Like, I'd like to see him against Dillian White. I would love that fight. Yes, Dillian just got knocked out, but guess what? So did Wilder, and there's bad blood. You've been talking a lot of trash. So, Dillian... I said that. I said Dillian, you've had some time that off. that would be a good fight right That'd now. That'd be a great fight. Dillian, you've had yeah, some time off now. I don't get credit for that either. Dillian, it doesn't, why it doesn't not? Matter. His chin Dillian, is Dillian's coming right off of his L to, to Fury, and Wilder's coming off his L to Fury. This is the difference. We know that Dillian's chin is evaporated. It doesn't matter. It's not going to get talking. Did you not see our comment section? How many people in the UK were still saying that they think Dillian White was will beat Deontay Wilder? I used to think Dillian White could beat Deontay Wilder. After seeing what I saw, I listen, I'll put a wager on Wilder if that fight happens. Look, there's there's a lot of good fights. I just don't think Hellenius is the the name. Now, obviously, PBC likes to do a lot of in-house fights because they got that like so if you're already signed to PBC, that's like the first. You know, level is to, to go there, but I think there's other fights that would get the boxing public a lot more excited than a Robert Hellenius. Um, so I'm not really a fan of the fight. Like I said, it, it, you Hellenius admitted himself that he was just trying to stay awake when he was sparring Wilder. Um, you know, Hellenius is okay. Hellenius is really you know having a resurgence, but he was knocked out by Gerald Washington not that long mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. So. Hey. Let's be real. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not a top flight. Wilder knocking knocking him out in a few rounds or whatever, or one round, I don't know, isn't going to do anything for me to tell me anything. You know, and I don't think it does anything for Wilder. I think Wilder should fight a, a live guy and a guy who's got something. So you can either, one, get some work in, or two, uh, when you do beat him, people are like, oh, okay, Wilder's still top of the division, right? So uh, that's just my feeling on it. I don't really like the fight for um, – Wilder against Hellenius. I don't think that's a worthwhile fight. Um, I'd rather see almost anybody else. Is Big Former Miller still undefeated? No, he's lost mad drug tests. He's he lost I mean, about I mean, five drug like, tests. Yeah, I, I yeah, mean, he's, he's still undefeated. Yeah, he's, he's, no, he's still undefeated. He's still undefeated. Yo, listen, Al, make that happen. 
Mm-mm. They got bad blood. There's a story. no big pharma. No, no big pharma right. deserves no no money. Not nah, after the amount of times you cheated, try to cheat the sport, try to cheat people, putting all that Ooh, stuff I in your system. That. I can't that. He, he deserves what? no money, no notoriety. I don't believe that guy should no, even no. be in the sport. Yo, Al, don't listen to complex. Listen yo, to yo. G. Listen to G. Yo, big pharma. Big pharma got Chris Lovejoy problems. That should be a fight. That will be. That will be a, a hilarious <laughs> fight. You talk about like press conference and it's just that that would be the fight to make. Because you saw how um big baby Miller was looking uh in the build up to his comeback fight. Look, it's not that I disagree with you guys that much. I understand where everyone's coming from. I understand the value of fighting Chizora to get you the British crowd, but I'm not necessarily sure that Deontay Wilder's trying to get the British crowd. It doesn't matter what he does. The, the Brits are always going to root against him. He's never They're never going to love him. If he fights Tyson Fury, they're rooting against him. If he fights Anthony Joshua, they're rooting against him. If he fights Joe Joyce, they're rooting against him. So I really don't see that, you know, you talk about the money aspect of it. I don't necessarily know, you know, if it, if it's going to be as beneficial for him to, to come over unless it's just a money thing, right? And if you're Deontay Wilder, do you do you feel like coming all the way to England just to slaughter that lamb to make a couple of dollars? I don't know, you know. No, yes, can I make a quick point? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that whole UK market thing is really as much as you guys think it is. One, the UK market's going to watch Wilder either way, right? It, the, the point is, do they care about him? They don't have to love him. Either they love you or they hate you, but it's one of those things. As long as they're not indifferent, right? The, the UK public cares about Wilder. If they're going to watch him fight no matter what. He doesn't have to go over there to win them over. To, they, the general public in the UK already knows Wilder. Mm-hmm. He's going to get that money anyways. And there's more money in the American market than in the um, UK market. On the high end of the, U, of the US market, if he wins here, he's going to get that UK money anyways because a lot of the big fights happen um, on the evening time of US time. So the UK, UK people are going to stay up anyways. But if you fight like in the afternoon, and you're fighting in the UK, you may not get a lot of the American money because a lot of times people don't like usually watching fights at four in the afternoon or five in the afternoon, right? So for me, I think the whole thing of going to the UK doesn't really make sense from a business perspective for Wilder. I don't think he's going to make that much more money by winning the UK market. Okay. And there's, and I know we're in a cadence uh, slide. I'll try to be as fast as possible. Now, do you think? Do you think? With Wilder versus Chisor versus a Wilder versus Hellenis is this. Wilder and Chisor will pack out the O2 arena. That's a guarantee. Wilder versus Hellenis, I don't even know if they'll pack out, you know, uh, what's with the um the, the Barclays. I- I'm being honest. I know how PPC going to do it. They're going to have to stack the card to, to make it appear like this is the fight that people want to see. When all in reality, we know people don't really want to see this fight. The Chisora Wilder fight, and I agree, the fans, uh, the UK fans may just come just to see Wilder get guillotined. It don't matter. Wilder's going to get a huge payday for, for free food. That's all I'm saying. It's like it makes more sense for Wilder to go to, to the Shore route versus the Hellenis route because it's like what do you really benefit from beating up on Hellenis? I don't really – the pay-per-view, if it's a pay-per-view, it's going to tank. It's going to be horrible. They're gonna start giving out free tickets to the Barclay. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, really, what does Wilder benefit from a Hellenist fight? So that's what I'm saying. The Chisor is a lot better. You kind of said what I'm what I what I was about to get to uh complex, which is 
we're not really so sure that there's more money to be gained going to UK. I'll give you an example. When I pointed out the fact that Javante Davis selling 275,000 pay-per-view buys at $80 a pop generates damn near the same amount as Anthony Joshua selling a million pay-per-view buys at 20 pounds a pop, right? <coughs> they didn't like that, but it's a fact. So like you can laugh at American pay-per-view numbers, but the money being generated so much more. If Javante Davis would have sold a million pay-per-view buys, you know what type of money that is, what type of revenue that is, especially when uh, I believe it was at 20 pounds a pay-per-view buy uh, for a million, right? That's uh, well, like I think I might did that 24, which would make it 24, uh, 24, uh, 24 million. Javante Davis at 80, that makes it 82. I mean, 22, 22 million. So the point I'm making is like, I don't, and then like Complex said, if you fight at six o'clock in America, it, it, who's watching it at six? If it's in the UK and they're That's fighting East at Coast six, time. On the yeah. West Coast, it's three in the afternoon. People are at work or doing things or whatever. Yeah. It just who's, doesn't work. Who's, who's watching it? So again, what market are you trying to cater to? Like, although American numbers look like, bad if you compare it to the uk numbers you got to look at it like the fights cost way more to watch them here in, in america than it does in the uk which brings me to the gate you're talking about at the o2 arena yeah the o2 arena seats all these people but how much are they paying for tickets they probably got tickets there for like ten dollars a pound i remember i used to go to the red sox game and get standing room tickets for ten dollars and then i would find a seat and sit there until somebody came and if nobody came bang that was just my seat for the whole game so again I'm not necessarily sure that their gates generating a lot. You and I both know that it's like five thousand, three thousand, to five thousand dollars to sit ringside mm-hmm. at at a at a major fight here in America. So again, I'm not so sure that they. That's my point about. If, if, if I can make a quick point, ahead, sorry. Also, I I know people say, oh, Wilder had tr- trouble filling out the arenas at O2 or whatever prior, but he's had the two biggest or a couple biggest fights of his career. These were all over social media, all over everything. And Wilder actually gained a lot of fi- fans after that third fight. I mean, you had famous people coming out like, yo, Wilder, man, like that was such a, they were just proud of his performance. So if Wilder comes back, I don't think he'll have as much trouble. I think people want to come and see Wilder's comeback fight. And I think also if they, they can sell it in different markets. I don't know why they were so stuck on the Barclays, but go to Atlanta. I guarantee you he'll sell yeah. out Atlanta. I'm sorry, he, father doesn't go to Atlanta. I always say the same go thing. Go to Atlanta, go to Houston. Bro, I'm telling you, he's going to sell I don't know what I don't know who's running the show. The markets there's yeah, other I markets. don't know why they bring this country guy to to the East Coast. Go to Atlanta, bro. The South is the you have big markets in the South where you can have big uh fights. I mean, take him to a New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? He can fill, I guarantee you he'll fill out uh, uh, arenas in other parts of the country that yeah. have a different demographic and that are going to be much more relatable to him because he's from there. I don't know why they kept bringing him up to New York. But anyway, I just want to say that. No, nah, great point. I don't, I don't, what's brings me? What's brings me? Hmm? What? Hold on. I don't, is everything good? But you you said something. What, what, what did you say? I, I went to Atlanta and Tank was fighting that night. I was I was there for a couple of days, but Tank was fighting on a Saturday night, and it was like it was it was like the thing. Like everybody wanted to see Tank fight in Atlanta, so I'm saying if Wilder chose Atlanta Thanks. over New York, I think yeah. he would have a better career. Thanks. It, it like 
Tank was the word. It was like, yo, what we're doing tonight is the Tank Tank's fighting that we gotta go see Tank fight. So yeah, yeah. Man, I was one quick story. I was in Atlanta the night that um Wilder fought uh Luis Ortiz the second time. And I remember standing in line for the club, and some chicks were like, "Man, I'm I'm gonna go home. There's a fighting tonight on, anyways. Like, I'm a, like, this is taking too long." So people they knew Wilder was fighting. So I'm just saying this. That's just like you said in Atlanta. People cared about the tank fight. I that's a quick anecdote anecdote story to show that I know some other people were worried about the Wilder fight. Um, and he was even fighting in town that night. He was they were, the the fight was somewhere else, but they're like, "I'm gonna go home and order the fight instead of being here." So there's a market, especially in the South. There's a big market for Wilder, and Wilder's at the peak of his career right now. You could capitalize on that. Wilder would sell. And, and also, remember, the gate is, is cool money, but the gate's not all the money. The money is the TV. The TV, the, the streaming rights, all that stuff is where the real money comes. The gate is like a cool little, all right, this is some extra money, and it looks good when it's packed, but the gate isn't where the, the vast majority of the money comes. The vast majority comes from pay-per-view sales, if it's pay-per-view on the international streaming rights and the advertisers and all that stuff. That's where the real, real money comes in. So the gate isn't as important, you know, when you're making these decisions, like selling out the O2 or whatever. It's like, you're not going to make that much money when you're losing all that other money. Yeah. It sounds good to say it. Like, you know, it's been like Eddie's talking point for the longest time, but again, what is, what is that gate generating? So like, that's like the point that I was trying to make, which is, I don't know if, like going to the UK and getting that love or that exposure is really going to do much for his, for his career because they're going to hate him anyway. And if he fights in America, you know, I still think it's a possibility that those they would still generate more money, even with the uh, Hellenist fight. And like when it comes to Deontay Wilder, I do feel like a lot of people are going to show him love who never showed him love before. Like, that even includes myself. Like, y'all know me. My biggest issue with Wilder was I felt like he didn't care about the sport. Like, he, I feel like he didn't train hard enough. I feel like he just was relying on his right hand too much. And I said it to y'all. When he runs into someone who can do a number of things, he's going to be in trouble. And that happened. But it didn't happen the way I thought. I thought, like, he didn't care about boxing, so as soon as he got clipped, he was going to quit and he was going to give up. But no, he got knocked down. He got up. He got beat up. He got knocked down. He got up. He got beat up. Then he really went and trained and came back again to fight, and I'm thinking he's going to get beat up even easier this time. No, he got knocked down. He got up. He dropped him. He got up. He dropped him again. Then Fury started beating him up, and he took an absolute beat and tried to win. And I'm like, yo, you got to love the sport to do that. He could have quit a long time. Now people try to discredit Wilder and say, oh, it was his ego. Oh, it was this. Oh, it was that. Yo, I know people with egos. You don't just get beat up like that because he's ego. Javier Fortuna had an ego, but he, you look at, look at him in the buildup to that fight. Nah, it's more than that. He wanted to be great. He wanted to win. He cared. He cared about his legacy. He cared. So in that moment, he showed me that he wasn't who I thought he was. And although his skills are limited, he loves boxing just as much as I love boxing. And in turn, that made me have a new respect for Wilder. And I think a lot of people feel that way. A lot of people who felt like he's just some dude making money, relying on his right hand. When they saw him take that beating and still try to win, they're like, yo, 
this dude really cares. Like, yo, this guy's really a dog. Go ahead, G. Just to add too, remember at uh in the second fight when the towel was thrown in, right? And Wilder was like, remember he was like, yo, I'm willing to die in that ring. Even myself, I'm looking at Wilder like, well, you don't mean that. Hey, <laughs> literally the third one. This dude was willing to die in that ring. You got to give that man that credit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's. I'm be honest with you. To me, it was one of those performances where, like, I I I I went into watching that fight and I wanted Fury to knock Wilder the hell out in the first round. That's what I wanted to happen. But by the time we got to the tenth and I saw Wilder fade, and I'm like, "Hold on, dog. There's two more rounds, champ. Like, make it to the end. Like, I wanted to see Wilder make it to the twelfth round because I felt like he deserved it based on the way he performed." And, and, and like you see it in like movies and you see it, but, you know, movies are an expression of life. What Wilder really did, I feel like in that fight was he changed the way people felt about him, the way people perceived him. So I do think if he fights Hellenis, you know, wherever, I think people are going to come out to see him because he proved a lot to people in that fight. And Dillian getting knocked out the way he did by Tyson Fury immediately after not taking all that punishment only solidifies who he is. So, I mean, for me, I, I, I'm i cool with it. You know, it is what it is. But I say, Caden, that Wilder is no Seth Mitchell. Oh no, nah, he's no Seth Mitchell. Wilder, Wilder's a true champion. He's a true champion. No one can, no one can take that away from him. That. I appreciate that. All right. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros are comments made by Teddy Atlas in which he said he believes that Joe Joyce would KO Anthony Joshua. Uh, we're just going to play the audio because Teddy Atlas does a YouTube podcast and you can check it out. Uh, let's listen to the audio. Think, uh, Joshua, and I'll tell you something. I think he knocks out Joshua. How's that feel for you, Brett? Put that in your pipe for smoking. That's going to make you happy, huh? That ain't gonna make you too happy. I know it. You're gonna be hoping that I have to eat trumpets again. I get it. I, but I, I tell you, at this point, yeah, I take them to knockout. Our people are gonna go nuts. Now, the people that were mad at us for not giving Joyce enough credit, they're probably gonna be happy. But I'm not doing it to make you happy or to make you angry. I'm doing it out of what I feel, what my experience tells me, what my judgment tells me. I can see that. I can see that. I can't see Joe Joyce beating a Fury. No, I can't because of, like I said, his shortcomings. But because of his style and his strengths that he has, yeah, at this point, I can see him. You know, I mean, he might get his chin checked a little bit, and we'd have to find out if it stood up against against Joshua who can bang, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I, I, can see, I can see him taking down Joshua. But... Of course, Joshua might get taken down by Usyk. Before that, we don't know yet. So that's what uh, Teddy Atlas had to say. You always would hear that, right? Yeah, we heard it, yeah. All right, all right. So, G, it looks like, you know what I mean, you on. What you, what you think about what Teddy Atlas had to say? I mean, it sounded like he was speaking gospel to me. I don't know. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> but let's just be real, man. It's just, this isn't the same agent. And so, Joe Joyce, he has a chin, and he keeps coming. He doesn't tire. You know, AJ, he looks great in the first six rounds, but after that, AJ even needs to recover. 
Age is going to slow down. He's going to take a round off. I don't know if uh, if AJ can handle that onslaught from a George Joyce, you know? And I do agree with Telly Atlas. I don't see George Joyce beating uh, uh, Tyson Fury at all, to be honest, you know? But with an AJ, I don't – for one, I'd be surprised if AJ actually agrees to take that fight. Like, I would be actually amazed. I'll give AJ immense credit. I'd be like, you know what? AJ really is a killer, like, for real. You know, like, I'll be – because at least with the, the Fury fight, it makes sense for him to take the Fury fight. That's a mega payday for AJ. So win, lose, or draw, he's going to win regardless. But to to take a, a Joe Joyce, that's tough, you know, because it's like for the most part, it's, it's, it's all risk, no reward for, for AJ. So I don't even see AJ even entertaining a Joe Joyce. And if they do fight, let's say it's like, yo, it's like his mandatory. He has to fight him. I think AJ is going to be in trouble. You know, I think this is going to be clear as day because now people will want to see, all right, these are the two guys that bang. Is AJ willing to exchange with a George Joyce? I just don't think so, man. Like, it seems now AJ is more, like, worried about getting clipped. Like, he he just doesn't have that killer instinct no more, man. It's like he's so cautious now that I don't think he wants it with Joe Joyce. So I, I'm being honest. I see what Teddy Atlas is saying. And I'm not trying to – I know Ned's looking upset. I know Ned's like, yeah, I'm about to kill. I can't wait. Like, <laughs> I'm just being real, Ned. Yo, your man just – this is a new age. This is AJ 2.0, right? And 2.0 AJ, he don't like to get hit, bro. You know what I mean? So a dude like Joe Joyce that just keeps coming, keeps coming, who – and, again, I honestly think Joe Joyce – he he rises to to the level of his opposition. Oh, I gotta pause you, G. I just what? I gotta pause you. You said a dude oh. like Joe Joyce who gets hit hit and he just keeps like. But Joe Joyce, he's the type of guy like against an AJ, he's gonna know. All right, AJ got hands, so you're gonna see Joe Joyce implement more defense. But he's still gonna keep coming forward. He's still gonna keep letting his hands go. And the thing is, this dude just doesn't get tired because why? When he throws punches, he's not throwing his entire body into every shot. Only when he has a clear knockout punch. AJ, it's like, even when AJ throws jabs, you could tell AJ exerts a lot of energy. So my only fear is AJ's going to look great in the first couple of rounds. The mid-rounds, that's when we're going to all be like, oh, snap, AJ run, AJ grab, AJ, yo, Take a knee. That's what you're going to do. And then what's going to happen? Unfortunately, yo, listen, your hero, Ned, uh, team AJ back, y'all going flat down on their back. You know what I mean? So it just is what it is. Joe Joyce. Wow. I, think, I think Joe Joyce is that kryptonite for AJ. Like, I'm being honest. Just like I don't think AJ could beat Wilder. You know, like, I think these particular styles are going to be tough. I'm being I'm, Listen, I want AJ to beat Fury. I don't see that either. I'm being, I'm just being real, and it's not hate. It's not I hate AJ. I actually like AJ. I like him as a man. I like his character. No, I like what he represents. You don't. Yeah, listen, man. This is just, yo. This we're not talking about a a, a a a Charles Martin. We're not talking about a, a a Joseph Parker. We're talking about real killers now, like dudes that aren't gonna be intimidated by AJ's size. They're gonna look at AJ like you cute. You know what I'm saying? So, like, <laughs> it's a different, it's levels to this. And it's just like, uh, yo, back then, AJ's fighting dudes that's like, how does this guy even become champion of the world? 
these guys, like a Joe Joyce, my man is hungry, bro. Like, it's I don't know, man. It's different. Now, Teddy Alice also says something that is true. I don't know necessarily how Joe Joyce will respond to an AJ punch because it is AJ, you know, but I've seen a lot of guys take an AJ punch. You get what I'm saying? So I'm pretty sure the way I've seen Joe Joyce respond to punches, I think he could eat a couple before really he gets flatlined. So AJ is going to have to do a lot of work, a lot of sticking and moving, and probably he'll have to start doing sticking, moving, and running. You know, so I'm just saying I really got Joe Joyce on this. K.O. Easy money. Oh, wow. Ned, I got to let you in there now, man. Go ahead, Ned. Yo, I'm, I'm coming, yo. I'm going. I'm about to. I, pause. Pause. Don't, don't say that when you're talking to me, bro. <laughs> yo, Ned, don't let him derail you, Ned. Get in there, Ned. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> yo, yo, G, watch. First and foremost, G, watch your mouth. Because, yo, Kaden wrote a clip. We got the we got footage of them sparring, man. And we saw what happened. We saw what happened. AJ embarrassed your boy. AJ's violated your man. What year was that? What year was it? G oh, what, year nice, was huh? it? what year was it? I don't know. Yeah, we, got, we got evidence. We right. got evidence. And I'm gonna say this, G. Now you're on the Joy Joyce train. Like, yo, no, I'm not, bro. What are you talking about? I because I said Joe Joyce could be AJ and I'm on his train. No, don't do I don't think Joe Joyce could be Wilder. Well, let me take that back. Don't I gotta see Wilder come back. But do not prior to that the, the violation of the trilogy. If you ask me Wilder versus Joe Joyce, I'm gonna say Wilder's gonna knock out Joe Joyce. You know what I'm saying? Like, and prior to AJ's uh uh I'll even say the A the Klitschko AJ, I think would have beat Joe Joyce. You know what I mean? But this new AJ, I don't know if he got it in him anymore, man. I'm just being yeah, honest. I, I, I think, yo, yo, yo. G, well, mind, mind, you mind your jaw, yo, because you really talking crazy right now. You be really talking crazy right now. <laughs> My man, AJ is going all respect, because you know, uh Miss uh uh Mark uh um Joe Joyce's mother is a fan of this show. I love you. I love your son. I just feel there's different, there's levels to this. And you know what I'm going to say? Don't try AJ. to butter her up. Say what you got to say, okay? You talking AJ. about that woman's oh, son. Boy Don't you sit here and try to butter her up. going to knock that boy say out the park. what you got to say, Ned. Out the park. You hear me? I just I just don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. You see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. That's hey, just, a lot of guys thought they didn't see it until they got hit with it. You know what I'm saying? Hey, bar. Hmm. Listen, if you don't listen. see it, isn't that a good thing in boxing? <laughs> exactly. I, I was not talking about in, in boxing. I'm just saying I don't see this. I don't see how it works. But it works. But AJ ain't no fool for that. And I, I, I think AJ's going to do his business when it comes to George Joyce. Easy money. Easy money. All right. Thanks, TBE. Complex, man. What you got? You're on mute. You're on mute, my brother. My bad. You guys hear me now? Yes, sir. This is what happens, uh, AJ, right? When you go out like that. Complex, complex. If you're going to 
talk trash, you can just log out now, bro. <laughs> I'm actually about to give. I'm about to actually give AJ props. Hey, yo, watch your mouth, man. Yo, and respect my man's turn. Okay, go ahead, complex. AJ, <laughs> this is what about, happens. We talking about Ned's hubby, dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why you piss him off, G? You said that AJ's back don't look like it used to. Now he's, now he's upset, you know what I mean? It ain't as chiseled as it was before, huh, man? <laughs> nah, this is this is you know AJ. This is what happens when you when you go all kind of sad in your fight. Now, obviously, you lost to Usyk. That's fine, but the way you lose also kind of tells people something about you. And like I said this before, the way he went out, I didn't think was worthy of a champion. It seemed like he wanted to survive that fight as opposed to going and biting down on his gum shield and trying to win it and take it out, even if he would be taken out. But with that said, this is so disrespectful to AJ. AJ is a former unified world champion. He's beaten world champions. He's beaten top 10 fighters. And now people are already picking unproven fighters against him, right? This is, I think, you know, look, Joe Joyce is a good fighter, so I'm not going to take anything away from him. But to pick him over AJ, I think, is way too preliminary. I don't think it respects AJ's pedigree of what he's accomplished and what um, he potentially could accomplish. And obviously, it's to fight Usyk again. But Usyk is a um, unif- um, undisputed cruiserweight champion, uh, Olympic gold medalist, and he's an excellent heavyweight. And, he, and AJ lost to him. So there's no shame in losing. But the fact that reason why people feel like they can take you on now is because of the way you lost. It's one thing to lose against Usyk, but the way you went out makes people feel froggy against you. Now they're thinking, like, I, I got a shot against AJ because it looks like if you put a little pressure on AJ, he's going to gas out and his chin is suspect. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, you look, it's made people think they can take you on. This is why AJ has to come back and win this Usyk fight or he has to do something impressive to let people know, like, hey, I'm still AJ. I'm still that dude. You know, AJ... um, Beat a uh, uh, Klitschko, you know what I'm saying? He beat um, uh, uh, top fighters and in the division when they were at the top. Um, you know, I just think I don't know. Like, I think it's it's kind of crazy that people are picking Joe Joyce. Joe Joyce also lost to Usyk in the um, amateurs or like in the. I, I just like Google World just, Series of Boxing thing. Yeah. The World Series of Boxing, which is kind of like an amateur slash professional thing. Mm-hmm. So. Usyk is being – so they both fought the similar opponent, and they both lost to him. So I don't see, you know, Joe Joyce except like, oh, saying like styles make fights. Joe Joyce is a guy who can take a lot of punishment, it seems like. But he also carries his power later into the fight. He did have that good fight against Dubois. But let's not get crazy here. AJ's still AJ. AJ does have power. AJ can box. I think what would happen is, if anything, AJ would win on points if he didn't get knocked out. But AJ could also probably knock him out because AJ does have power. Um, the only chance is that if AJ gasses and then Joe Joyce can can catch up to him and catch him before the end of the 12th. But I still think that AJ is a much better boxer, an actual like boxer than um than Joe Joyce. And I think he's got the power too that he can make Joe Joyce respect him. I think Joe Joyce does have like, you know, a very good chin and that he can maybe try to work his way in all the way until, you know, getting late if AJ gas is late. But I think it's crazy to be picking uh, Joe Joyce in, in front of AJ uh, based off resume, based off of looking at them as their skills. It, and like I said, AJ, this is what happens when you go out sad in your fights. People now are not respecting you. Wilder's still getting respect even though he lost because Wilder went on the shield. 
you're getting disrespected because you were like, you know, it was crazy in your corner, you know, trying to make you show you didn't land on, flat on your face. You know what I'm saying? So, AJ, I hope this is a message to you that you take. This should be disrespect to you that people would even mention a Joe Joyce in the same sentence as you. You should take it as disrespect. Use this as fuel, and you should take Usyk's head off, and you should take off the next couple guys' heads off. So let them know that AJ's still back because we were we were all thinking that you had a chance against Fury. Now we're like, ah, we don't even know if we want to. You know, you have no chance. You can get back to that level, but you have to go out there and prove it. Right. There should be no reason why people are talking about Joy Joyce and your name in the same sentence. You are former unified champion, multiple time champion. That's disrespectful. I, I, I would take that as a personal disrespect if I was um, um, AJ and I'd be going out there ready to take somebody's heads off. <laughs> I go ahead and head. <laughs> The first time AJ lost, I had bad blood with you, man. You you rubbed me the wrong way. Pause. But I had to let I, I gotta give it to you right there, you know. I I was feeling that speech. Pause. And you my you really my boxer cousin, dog. I would if I could give you a hug, I would, bro. Yeah, after you try to after you try to kick him off. Uh, earlier, man. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, listen, well, let me finish this. I was like, I'm about to give AJ props, actually. Well, like, I'm about to take it all back, but you know, he he overreacted. He overreacted. <laughs> he panicked. He panicked. He was like, oh, shit. Yeah, head jump out the window. Window. <laughs> oh, golly. Now, I agree with basically everything that you said, complex. And just to highlight, it's not a knock against Joe Joyce, but Joe Joyce is basically unproven and for me what i mean by unproven is i've seen aj get dropped by klitschko and get back up and win right i've seen aj get dropped and stopped by any ruiz get back in the ring and win he looked shaky but he got the dub and what i mean by that is i feel like there were times in that fight with andy ruiz where Especially when he caught Andy Ruiz with this one right hand. I said, Andy's gone. But AJ didn't jump on him. Mm-hmm. Now, you can understand why there was so much to gain back. And he had lost the fight prior to that because he tried to go for the finish and got caught with a counter. So I can give him a pass in that fight. But then there were signs. Like, G would, you know, G didn't waste no time to bring him up. Like, when he was fighting Pulev, G's like, oh, he don't look the same with the killer instinct. Old AJ would have got him out of there like this or whatever. And true. And although AJ got him out of there, you know, you can see that it, it was a little timid, or or maybe he he didn't want to commit a certain way. And then you look at the Usyk fight, and to me, this is why I said for AJ, with me, it's all mental. Like you said, he lost the fight, but I never felt like he lost the fight trying to win. I feel like he lost the fight trying to survive. And I think for someone like AJ, you should lose the fight trying to win because you believe in what you possess. You believe in your power. You believe in your skill set. You believe. Say what you want about Wilder. He got one weapon and he believes in that weapon. Mm-hmm. He believes. And that's where it is with AJ. I feel like sometimes AJ believes the hype of the other fighters more than he believes himself. 
like the way he talks about like oh uh, with boxing like he said you'll hear him you know talk about how great of a boxer Usyk is and we all know that right but you know I would love for him to say what Complex said once on the show okay if I if I hit you and I knock you out am I not the better boxer <laughs> like I I just outboxed you I just knocked you out so if they if they say to him, oh, Usyk is a master boxer, I would love to hear Joshua say, yeah, well, if I hit you and I knock you out, does that not make me the better boxer? Like, you know, just a mindset sometimes. And I think Joshua... There's too much respect. He, yeah. He respects, he respects the other guy too much. You, you did, did you hear... Um, I mean, Wap- if you get knocked out by a fat boy, you will respect everybody after that too. I'm just- <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm tired of G running his mouth like he running like G Fabulous is done, it's over. <laughs> Don't bring it back up. <laughs> I'm just saying. Man, let him know the season is over. listen listen though um complex i don't know if you heard but uh robert garcia said like aj can't be getting hit and smiling that's what i'm saying and that was like a key to me because i can't think of a time i saw mike tyson get hit and smile about it, you know. Um, I Lennox maybe once or twice, but I, I can't really, and I'm not even saying I recall Lennox getting hit and smiling. Like, great champions don't smile, they get even mm-hmm. like immediately. Um, and so you know, even while the while the third fight, Fury dropped while the twice in the third round, right. No, once in the th- third round. Once in the third round. And then Wilder came in the fourth round and dropped Fury twice. You don't get mad. You get even. And then Fury got up and did what he did. You see? Because that's what happens when, you're like, oh, you got me. I'm going to get you back. But it seems like when AJ gets hurt, it it changes his mindset. Like, recover. Except with with uh, Vladimir Klitschko. And even then, Klitschko may have let him off the hook when you look at hindsight when when he was against the ropes and Klitschko was standing there and Klitschko didn't jump on him. And so I do think that does create the perception, like like you said, a complex, where people are looking at AJ like, yo, he don't got dog in him. I said this, G, and I remember, the book on AJ is hurt him, try to hurt him early, but once you hurt him, you'll beat him. If you can hurt AJ, you'll beat him. Because once you hurt him, he doubts himself. And once AJ doubts himself, he doesn't fully commit to the fight. And I think that's where people are getting at. For me, Joe Joyce can beat any of these guys if he lands the right punch. Joe Joyce is is a monster. The biggest knock against Joe Joyce is technique and speed. Mm -hmm. But he's durable. Which means if you don't pace yourself, if you get too greedy in there, if you get tired and you slow down, Joe Joyce is on you. And you in for a hell of a night. Is is Anthony Joshua someone who can slow down? Yeah. But every fighter is someone who can slow down. So I don't want to take away from Joe Joyce and what he's doing. Uh, but but AJ's notorious for slowing down. Let's just be real. It's like almost every fight, AJ needs to take a break. And that's where it's too dangerous for a guy against. Who are you going back to? You going you going back to uh, his no. fight with Klitschko? Uh, Klitschko's one. Carlos Tackham fight. 
uh, the Dillian White fight, you know, almost every fight. When well, you're going back, like Dillian White was like his 14, 15 fight. Klitschko was like his 16, 17 fight. Taco, I'm talking about since Andy Ruiz too, his mm-hmm. stamina looked all right to me. Since Andy Ruiz too, and look at even what Usyk, you know, and he's about to collapse in the 12th round. I think a lot of that was fatigue, so I'll give you that. But that's fatigue from moving with and fighting with and boxing someone like Usyk. So not too many now, people. Walk with me on this, though. You, you're going up against a guy, Joe Joyce, who does have dynamite in his hands, right? I don't think AJ wants to exchange with a guy like that. So AJ's going to have to constantly keep moving. He's going to have to fight off the back foot for the majority of the fight. Do you think he can maintain that type of pace? It was easy to do that against a Ruiz because Ruiz is a flat-footed fighter. Joe Joyce isn't necessarily flat-footed. So then now, can AJ stick and move for the entire fight, knowing that the guy's going to constantly move forward, knowing that the guy also has the reach to actually tag him this time? Because what, Joe Joyce is like 6'6"? Six, six? You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's not a. This isn't Andy Ruiz who has a, a height, reach, and weight disadvantage. It's, it's, it's just different. Yeah, but AJ, to be, fair, to be fair, though, with AJ, you got to respect him. AJ can box. AJ is a good boxer. At that mm-hmm. level, right? So I would give him the edge over Joe Joyce in terms of boxing ability. Then two, AJ is um explosive and AJ does have power. So AJ can tag um Joe Joyce and make him respect him too. It's not just a one-way street mm-hmm. in terms of power. AJ's got some power too. If AJ boxes at the best of his ability, I think he should beat Joe Joyce, and I don't think it should be that hard. I think he should be able to beat if he is at the top of his game and uh, the way he's supposed to be, I think he can beat Joe Joyce. Um I think he can do it either boxing or if he if he really wants to get down, you know, with this in a slugfest, that'll be the dangerous side. But I, I gotta respect AJ. I mean, AJ's showing us against guys before. He can get them out of there. He's got this, he's got speed. He can be if he needs to move around, he can do that. He did it against Ruiz. If he needs to stand there and swing, he can do that. So I don't want to I just don't want us to to forget AJ. Like, you know, and maybe it's a y'all must have forgot. You know what I'm saying? And maybe AJ needs to come out and be like, Y'all must have forgot who I am. And that's the motivation he should take because it shouldn't be that that guys who are, you know, they Joe Joyce got one good win against another guy who did who's not proven either against Dubois. So you got two unproven guys, one wins, and he goes forward. And now you're talking about he might beat the unified champion. You know what I'm saying? And not like the unified champion ain't fought nobody. It's like, it's like he's fought a, a, a who's who of the heavyweight division at that time. And Joe Joyce hasn't done anything since then. He hasn't beaten anybody else impressive since the Dubois fight. So why they is it that? Give my man a shot. They don't want to give my man a shot. That's why they scared. Mm. Oh, go ahead, make him show up at the press conference. Make him give you a shot. What the hell? Go ahead, Ned. What are you about to say, Ned? Go ahead. Wow, this guy. He's really out of his game today. Yo. I love it. I love it. <laughs> nah, I, love I think see it, man. No, I, I agree with everything you said, Complex. I think when when you talk about this, the scales are so tipped into the favor of Joe Joyce and what he could do to beat Joshua. People forget about the things and the tools Joshua have to has to beat Joe Joyce. So, I mean, for me, I would favor Anthony Joshua. And that's not that's no slight at Joe. I need to see more from Joe before I can say um I'd favor him to KO Anthony Joshua. All right, if there's no other Hold on, I'll say this. I'm a I'm a what's it Olive Branch? I'll say this. I would want no, AJ. No, I would want AJ to win. Because or hold on, hold on, hold on. Or 
Or if Joe Joyce fights AJ, let it be after AJ fights Wilder. Then Joe Joyce, you can you can have the leftovers. The next topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros are comments made by Mauricio Suleiman, and basically he confirms that Deontay Wilder will fight for the WBC title when Fury retires. Now, this video appears courtesy of, I believe, one second, Planet Sport. All right, so let's take a, a listen. And good news as well in the heavyweight division, Merit. So Deontay Wilder's announced that he's going to continue fighting. I mean, how exciting is that as a whole for boxing? Well, Wilder. Wilder is a tremendous fighter. He was champion for five years. Um, he had fury in the... He knocked them down four times, I believe, in the three fights. Yeah. Uh, he had him hurt in the last fight and was very close to winning that fight. So whenever Wilder is in the ring, he's a major attraction and he can beat anyone uh, mm. in the highest level of boxing. And if Tyson does retire, Deontay Wilder's in line, right, to challenge again? Well, he's the number one challenger. Of course, that, that is uh, the, the route that you have to take. So he's perfectly in line to challenge. All right, so you heard... What uh, Mauricio Suleiman said, he said that if Fury retires, Deontay Wilder's the number one challenger, and that's the route that people are going to have to take to get the WBC title. Complex, what's your reaction to that? Um, a couple things. One, I don't, I mean, I don't think Fury's actually retiring, so but let's let's play along. Let's say Fury does retire, right? Let's say Fury does retire and, and Wilder fights for the belt. I think that's cool. I'm not mad at it per se, but I don't like it in terms of like uh, considering con- con- considering yourself as another multiple-time world champion um, just because it's like the guy that you lost to, you never got to beat him, and he retires, and then it's like you come back and pick up. Um, I would like to see Wilder fight some other guy for some other belt. I mean, obviously the belt doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, you know, your champion is a champion. Um, you know, I think also the way it's supposed to work is not necessarily that you're ranked number one. There's supposed to be a final eliminator. I don't know if they're skipping all that for a while there and just, you know, if, if, if Fury retires, maybe they don't have time for that, you know, especially if Fury's not going to campaign, then they're like, hey, it's empty. So the next two guys up fight for the belt. But, um, you know, I, I think it's okay. You know, Wilder is is that level fighter where it's like every time he fights, it's going to bring, it's basically a championship level fight. So, having a belt or no belt is whatever. But I just find it interesting. I feel like the WBC is really funny. I feel like they're they're ready to hop on whatever bandwagon is necessary. So it's like, as soon as Wilder lost, they were like, get out of here. Fury's our guy. And it's like, Fury, it's like, whatever. And then it's like, Fury's retiring. Wilder, come on back. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you're the guy again. So they just, whatever, whoever is hot, whatever they can, they can be, as long as Mauricio could be in the ring, Put there's the an explanation for that. What? So there's an explanation for that. Because <laughs> every, par- every parasite needs a host. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mauricio can get in the ring, put the t-shirt on you, and put the cap on you, and be, you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's all he's that's all Mauricio's worried about. Is he wants to be in the whatever big fight is, he's in there with the t-shirt on the guy and he's ready to take a picture. 
stand beside him. So, I mean, I, I'm not surprised that that's if, let's say, uh, Fury does retire. But also, I don't want Wilder to fight for some sort of secondary belt because the trouble is what they might do is if, if, if Fury retires, right, for an extended period of time, is they might not strip him fully. They could either introduce the franchise tag or make him champion emeritus. But really, he's always going to be the champion. And Wilder will, you know, I'm sure Wilder will still be fighting for the WBC world title, but it's never going to feel like you're the world champion. Um, unless Fury loses or really, really retires, but you know, it's going to be tough. I just don't, if, if they were going to fight, if I, if I'm Wilder, then Fury has to be stripped completely. He has to be actually retired and there can't be any kind of tag next to his name, like franchise or champion emeritus or, or champion and recess. recess is good though. Champion and recess, I guess, but I just, well, if you're Wilder, if you want a full fight, champion and recess is good. Yeah, I, if and if it leads to another fight with Fury, perhaps, right? But I just don't want it to. I don't want it to feel like, kind of like how Devin Haney basically was like, "Oh, you're the email champion." You're ah, because remember with um, uh, his name's escaping me right now. I don't know why I see his face in my head. Manny Pacquiao in guy with alopecia. Ugas. Ugas. Ugas or Manny Pacquiao was designated champion in recess. Ugas was elevated to champion status. Man, Pacquiao came back and said he wanted to be elevated back to champion because, in fact, he was fighting Ugas like mm-hmm. during that fight, and they said, "Nah, it's going to stay the way it is." So, champion recess just means is the champion's been inactive for so right. long, right, right, that you know they're 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 designating them champion in recess, and then they're going to make someone else they're going to let someone else fight for champion. If the champion decides to come back then they get an immediate shot at the title. So so it's actually would be good for Wilder if they designate Fury champion in recess because for him, if he wants to fight Fury again, that would be his guarantee that if he wins the belt and Fury wants to come back, Fury has to fight him to become WBC right. champion. That, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. I think because there's so many different tags that they can give a fighter. I just don't want Fury to be able to retire. You become WBC champion, then Fury can come back and campaign under some other moniker of WBC champion, because then that'll be considered the real belt. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's all good. Wilder was champion for five years. He only lost to the ring and current champion. So he does, if, if there's another shot, he's it's, it's totally fair for him to be right there in line against another top contender for the belt. And I imagine if, let's say, Andy Ruiz beats Luis Ortiz and then uh, Wilder, whatever, and down the line, Fury does retire. I can see them making that fight for the vacant WBC belt. So I, I'm imagining that's kind of probably what they're looking to, um, to to set up. So down the line, so that makes sense. All right, G. Uh, I, I see what uh Complex is saying, but I actually agree with Mauricio Suleiman on this. You know, um, like because it's not necessarily saying they're just gonna hand him the 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 title, right? Like uh, a Haney, right? It's hey. You're most likely going to fight the, the the number two ranked guy. You're the number one ranked guy for the vacant belt, right? So I'm not mad at that. And I see what you're saying about I don't want Fury to come back and now, like, that means nothing to Wilder. But to be honest with you, regardless whether you give Fury a title or not, it's the same outcome. This is the same thing with uh, after Fury beat uh, Klitschko and got stripped of all his belts, right? Like, He's right. He's never lost in the ring. I think losses in the ring is what really matters, right? So 
to me, out of all these guys, I'm like, yo, Fury has to be the top dog. Like, whether he has the physical belt or not, everyone knows Fury beat you, you know? So it's like, I don't care if they strip you, give you a, a, a recess belt, give you franchise belt, whatever. We all know Fury's that dude, right? So it just is what it is, right? Wilder could be like, nah, I don't want to be a champion because, you know, I, I want all of that, the exclusive rights to that. But it's like, the, the, you might as well fight for another belt, right? And the other belts are all tied up with Usyk and AJ right now. So what other options does uh, Wilder have? You know what I mean? Like, he's in a good position under WBC. And Mauricio Suleiman, I think it's an easy thing to, to rock with Wilder because when you think about all these other guys, who has the highest probability of longevity and success as a champion? And that's Wilder. You know, like all these other guys, yeah, they have skills. They may win here or there, but they're almost like a a, a Stavern level type of fighter where it's like they'll win one fight but then lose another. You know what I mean? Like, let's look. You know, Ruiz is almost the equivalent of an Ariola. These type of guys is like, yeah, they're good. Now, I'm not even trying to be disrespectful. I'm just, this is just me being honest, like completely objective. They're good, but it's like, there's a strong chance they're going to lose. The belt's going to be bounced around a lot of people. But a guy like Wilder, the, the, the attributes that he brings to the ring, it's, it's like almost one in a million, right? There's only a handful of guys that could beat Wilder. So you'd rather put your money, uh, you know, you'll put your belt to a guy like Wilder versus any of these other dudes in the heavyweight division right now. Because it's not really like the the top ten like spectacular, you know, like so it makes sense for him to be like, ah, no, no, we're gonna give Wilder that shot because you know Wilder's good for business for the WBC. All these other guys are just like, all right, man, like just know we're gonna be bouncing this this belt around, and more Mauricio Suleiman probably like we gotta do more meetings, more this, more that. They don't want to deal with all that. They're just like, hey, Wilder, we know if we give you the shot, you become the champion. You just gonna constantly give us these fees, whatever. What was it? Uh, what would, um um board say was it seven seven percent of the purse or something goes to the WBC? I forget. It was a, it was a crazy. crazy. Number. I think it was seven percent. So yeah. no, I, th- I think it's like three. It's three percent for three each. To, three belt. to seven, I think. I think but it seven. depends on each belt because I think somebody like a um and I think you can also um negotiate because like if you're a multi million dollar fighter. You don't got to give them. But even still, you see, that's my point. Yeah. Wilder is a multi-million dollar fighter versus all these other guys that are like, let's say, fighting at the the high hundred thousands, right? Who would you want being the champion if you was Mauricio Suleiman? Of course. Of course. Wilder. So it's like a no-brainer to me. So I can see why Mauricio's like, oh, hell no. We're going to get Wilder. And also, if you're Wilder... You're feeling like five years of paying you mother effort hey, sanctioning fees. I better be. I, <laughs> I better be number one. <laughs> that new headquarters y'all got? That's me. That's my. Yeah. And <laughs> the, the final thing I want to say is, it's no brainer. Wilder, say what you like. You may hate his style, whatever. He's still electrifying. He's still entertaining. So people are going to want to pay to see Wilder knock people out. So Mauricio's going to make money off of Wilder. You know what I mean? Like, maybe uh, uh, Big Baby um, Anderson, sooner or later when he moves up. I don't even know if he's under WBC like that in the rankings. But maybe him, he has the skills to 
to show that longevity. But there's not too many, again, heavyweights. I'm talking about heavyweights. I, I, I don't really see it. Under WBC, I don't really see it. So Wilder's the best insurance for, for Mauricio Sulema. TV. I want to quote the great Caden. Matter of fact, y'all can just hear it from himself. Like I said, like he said, that's how you be champion again. As soon as Fury retires or AJ vacates those belts. But, you know, I, I say this to say that to say this. I say this. Wilder. <laughs> Wilder. Well, Fury says he's retiring again, so the prediction is correct. <laughs> Wilder, you got to fight for these belts, man. We tired of giving you handouts, but I'm tired of see you take handouts, man. We gotta fight for these belts. If you wanna be champion, take on the champion, yo. You are challenging now, yo. You gotta take on the champion. I wanna see you go for Usyk, AJ, Wild uh, Fury, whoever. If you want them belts, you gotta fight for it in the ring. We don't want you getting handouts. Mauricio Suman, stop this BS. Cause I'm tired of it. I wanna see this man really be tested, battle tested, and he has been battle tested, but we don't want the water that's gonna hold on to WBC for years, and we want we want a water that comes through and shows that he really can box and he, he really wanna fight the best of the best. After that, I also want to say this: Fury, stop playing with that retiring name, yo. Like, stop playing with it. Like, cause you keep saying you're gonna retire, you're gonna retire, you're gonna retire. You got three times. You got. Well, he said it like he said it so many times. You got one more time to say retire. If you say take the belt from him, cause we're not playing these games no more. It's you go, oh, yo, hey, we all know the story about the boy who cried wolf. Fury. No matter what he says, what matters is what he does. Exactly. Until they men, until they, you know, demand him to fight someone or make someone his mandatory, and he refuses to fight them, it doesn't matter what he says. I, as hey, demand him to fight somebody tomorrow, next week. I'm waiting. Fury need to get. Fury need to stop playing around with these games because it's, it's it's childish at at best. And sooner or later, we all gonna get sick and tired of your antics, Fury. But Bro, he just beat his mandatory though. He just beat Dillian. How long ago? A few How months ago. ago. A few months ago. So he got to fight by the end of the year. Thank you. No, he doesn't. Oh, he got to fight next year. Yeah, he should. Yeah. He, should fight by the end of the year. he can. He he has to defend against a mandatory, which he's already done. All right, I'm gonna wrap this up real quick because for me. I think Deontay Wilder deserves a shot. And I think the person he should fight if Tyson Fury does retire is Dillian White. I think it's a beautiful fight because, one, it's one we've been wanting to see for a long time. And there's been back and forth about who's responsible for that fight not happening. Now it won't matter because it will be the best option for both fighters. And when you look at it, Deontay Wilder was WBC champion for five years. Dillian White... Had a thousand days and blah 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 of chasing the WBC title, and when he got his opportunity, he got knocked out. But the beauty is, he can get another shot against the guy who was the reigning five-year champ, who he said was a bum the entire time. And let's see if you can beat that bum to become heavyweight champion of the world. It'll be UK, it'll be America, it'll be a big spectacle. I think that that will be the perfect fight. Uh, to have 
to to see who's going to be the WBC champion after Tyson Fury. Go ahead, G. I just want to pose this question. Ned, do you agree with that? While they're having to fight uh, uh, White for this fight? Yeah, I I, th- I was going to say that. I think they, that, that would be a nice fight. Earlier you were talking about freebies and everything. You was tired of Wilder getting freebies. That's not a freebie? Yo, right, you, think, you think Wilder going to walk through White like freebie. Fury did? But why did why yo? Let me tell you something. He's right walking now. through him, man. Just like he, you think, why the about to walk through It's not gonna be that easy. It's not gonna be that easy, bro. The next topic we're gonna discuss on Boxing Bros is Connor Ben versus Chris Eubank Jr. at a catch weight for 156 pounds. So that is what's being floated around now. I'm not sure if if you all are aware of this, but uh, Chris Eubank. Junior, his dad, Chris Eubank, beat Connor Ben's dad, Nigel Ben, uh, in the early 90s. And then they had a rematch in the early 90s as well. I believe the first fight was in 1990 and the second fight was in 1993. The first fight, Chris Eubank Sr. won. And then the second fight was a split decision draw. And it's highly debated, obviously, because it's a split decision draw. So these are their sons now, Chris Eubank Jr. versus Connor Ben agreeing to fight at a catch weight of 156 pounds. Now, Conor Ben is a 147-pound welterweight. Chris Eubank Jr. fought at super middleweight, 168 pounds. Then he ended up going down to middleweight, 160 pounds, which is where he's been campaigning at recently. And they agree to fight each other. Kaspera G, what's your reaction to this? I don't like it. Uh, for one, Connor Ben, say what you like. Yeah, he's good and all, but he's still a prospect. Chris Eubank Jr. has been around for a long time. The fact that you fought at 160 and 168, but you still haven't really solidified yourself is a problem within itself. And now you want to fight a guy that's still technically green, and you want to fight him at a catchweight. I don't know. That seemed like a bully to me, you know? So... It's like playing your own division, you know. If I I don't even see how this could benefit Connor Ben. Yeah, it'll be probably a good payday for him, but it's it's just too dangerous. It's not necessarily worth it. It's not like it's gonna help him become a better 147er, you know. So I just don't really see how this benefits Connor. And it only benefits uh Chris U uh Eubank Jr. is because of the whole legacy of his dad, which I think is corny within itself. Like, dude, do something at 160, do something at 168. You know, like, why are you playing in, in the smaller divisions, bro? Like, I don't know. I don't think that's cool. I don't really ne- – I don't necessarily respect it. And I understand Connor Ben's probably like, you know, yeah, I'm going to take this fight. I run from no man, this and the third, yada, yada. You know, like, this is a Pistons contest. So, you know, his ego might foolishly make him uh, accept this fight. But I hope – People around Conor Ben, I hope Eddie Hearn and Conor Ben's team be like, yo, bro, don't even do this fight. You know, like, I don't think it's worth it, you know, and he has a strong chance of losing. And it's like, why give uh, Chris that type of uh, notoriety and stuff? Like, this dude should be, he should be fighting boo-boo with somebody, you know? Like, I, I I don't see why he's trying to fight with a smaller guy, man. It's just not cool, so... I don't really respect it, but shout out to Connor Ben for for even wanting to entertain this. And if he takes that fight, even if he loses, he's gonna get my respect because he's at a you know 
uh, a size disadvantage, you know. So I, I just think Chris to actually propose this, I think is low key is, is is bullyish. So I don't really respect that. All right, TV. I I think I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this to be honest. But I think it's 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 legacy right here. This is legacy we're talking about. We're talking about two sons whose father's fought. And from what it looks like, it was a draw. So let's the see second it fight. out. Huh? The second they fight was a draw. The second okay, fight okay. was a draw. The first fight, Chris Eubank won. <laughs> Hold oh, on. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, so this is the fight to define because the, the first fight, I, I I got I got I got the facts right now. Yeah, hold on, time out, time out, time out. Ned, the sins of the father have nothing to do with you. They beef, no, no, they spoke, they beef, they made the match. It's gonna happen, yo. It's already here. The sins of the father fell on the sons, so it's done. (laughs) It's done, it's done, right? All right, so this is the trilogy, trilogy right here. Unless we're gonna get uh, some more, some more chapters later, but this is a trilogy right here. To the to finally, to, to finally define who is the superior family. So I'm not mad. Get it? It's catchway. It could be heavyweight. It could be featherweight. It's a, it's a I'm ready to see it. <laughs> yeah, yo, wow, boy, Daniel, for real. Superior <laughs> family. Yo, just for clarification purposes, then. The winner of this fight determines who has the superior family. Yeah. <laughs> Scott's crazy. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you different, man. You built different. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, here's how I'm looking at it. All right. All you angry Brits who like to get in the comment section, get ready. This um, is an Eddie Hearn special. This is a Eddie Hearn special. This is what Eddie Hearn does. Connor Ben, the best 147-pound prospect in the entire UK right now, has the UK buzzing, is going to take a catchweight fight to fight someone who used to fight at super middleweight, currently campaigning at middleweight at, at a catchweight, which is two pounds above the uh junior middleweight limit. Now, this is what I'm this is what I'm getting at. We've seen this before. We've seen this before. Remember Kel Brook? Mm-hmm. Kel Brook jumped two weight divisions to fight Triple G when he was special K at Walter Weight, undefeated at Walter Weight, mm-hmm. champion at Walter Weight. People were like, yo, nobody, yo, I'm telling you right now, special K probably would have done a hell of a lot better against Earl Spence and everyone else if he didn't have to. He was my favorite welterweight at that time, too. One of mine, mine too. He violated this dude's ear. Not ear drum, his um, his, uh, eye slot. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Special K was really like that. People don't understand. Like He gave Sean Porter the business. Like Special K was like, and he was giving Earl Spence the business until Earl started getting him with them body shots. Because I was nervous for Earl watching that fight because Special K was no joke. Eddie 
let him go from 140. And I hear what people are going to say, oh, if the fighter wants to do it, Eddie can't do it. You can be the voice of reason, though. You can. You can be the voice of reason. You can remind the fighter why you want to jump up two weight classes to fight Triple G when you're the champion at 147. There's money here at 147. There's big fights at 147. Connor Ben is better off fighting um, Boots Ennis than this guy. At least it's someone his size and his weight class. At least if you lose the Boots Ennis, people are going to say you lost to the best prospect. Hell, like this dude, he's he's better off fighting someone at 147 who can possibly beat him. But if he wins, it puts him in position to fight for a title than fighting Chris Eubank Jr. Because of the size. At the end of the day, the size matters, and that's what people are not understanding. But like I said to you, this is just par for the course. I've seen this before. This is two weight divisions. This is 147 jumping uh, 154 to fight at 156, which is basically four pounds away from 160. The same exact scenario. They say, like, you know, we learn from history so we don't repeat the same mistakes. Not any. <laughs> because this is, to me, a mistake. And if Conor Ben's motivation is to avenge a loss that his dad suffered, his dad already did his thing. He already represented himself. Nothing you do is going to undo that. Oh, if it's bad blood. How is it bad blood? There's no bad blood. You know, talking about like family. That Their, their rivalry is going to be their rivalry. It is what it is. If, if Connor Ben wins, it doesn't. I guess like Ned said, it scores one for the Ben family over, over the Eubank family. So now it's 1-1. With a split decision draw, Ned. So technically, they got to have another fight among their families to settle who's the superior family, Ned. What do you yeah, have to say? But it, now it's not, it's not fair to the fathers. It's just like when um um Frazier's son fought Tyson, right? And Tyson destroyed him, decimated him. Yo, that's his son. That ain't him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. I don't know. Just because you share the last name, don't mean you you the the carbon copy of your dad. It's just I, I just don't understand why people do this to these guys, man. Like, I, I yo, I like Conor Ben, you know, and I'm not gonna say Conor Ben's gonna be the champion at 147, but putting him through something like this, man, could really like derail his career, like the progression of you know his growth, everything. Eddie, man, stop the shenanigans, please, man, like. Chris, you you should be ashamed of yourself, man. This dude, yo, I, I've really taught trash about fighters. I, I show a lot of respect on this show. But this is reckless, Chris. Like, for real, this is reckless. Take yourself at 160 and, and campaign there. Don't mess with these little guys, man. It's, it's not becoming of you. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, call out, like you said, call out Demetrius Andre. I'm saying he's been feeding for a call fight. out Jamal Charlo, call out these guys. They're guys at 160. Why you want to fight Connor Ben? And Connor Ben's doing his thing at 147. And 147 is going to need rebuilding soon because Earl Spence and TC are on their way out. Mm-hmm. 
And then that's when you got uh Virgil Ortiz Jr., you got Boot Jerron Boots, Anderson, you got Connor Ben. They're the next crop of of one forty seven pounders. But but I don't know, you know, I I don't know what what Eddie thinks he sees. And this is what I talk about Eddie when I say like he gets like a fanboy because if and Eddie Eddie shows you that I'm proof when Kell Brook wanted to fight TC. Eddie said, I'm not supporting it. I'm not, whatever, do you. He had to do that fight without Eddie Hearn's support. But then when Kell Brook wanted to fight um, Amir Khan, Eddie was there to support it again. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. I'm back, baby. So you can you can show that you're not in support of the of, of that fight in many ways. And I would just I'm just saying, man, I would hate to see another great UK Walter Waite. Ruin by moving up two weight classes to make a fight for what? For what? Because you know there was a drought in in the welterweight division for the UK once Special K got beat, and now you got a guy who's who's pretty damn good and improving. And I say uh, I'm I I get it because I know what it's going to be like. It's gonna be like, oh well, uh, you know, all you do is bash Eddie. Fighters are gonna want to fight, bro. Fighters want to fight. Ball players want to ball. People want to. Someone has to tell Conor Ben a victory isn't gonna do nothing for your career, mm-hmm. but a loss can derail it. The punishment you take can derail it. What is the point? That's what I want to know. But hey, you know, oh, they want to take the tough fights, man. This is sometimes like you have to do what makes sense. This makes no sense. But hey, man, you know I'm gonna watch it though if they have it. But I just hope that Conor Ben doesn't end up like Kell Brook. The last topic we're going to discuss on Boxing Bros: a comments made by Roly Romero where he says he wants to fight Earl the Truth Spence Jr. next. I know you think I'm joking, right? That's why we're going to play the video. Let's take a listen. This video appears courtesy of Fight Hub TV. Subscribe to Fight Hub TV. Fuck that, man. I got bigger. I got bigger plans anyways. I want Errol Spence Jr. What? You want Errol, huh? Yeah. One for you. I want Errol Spence Jr. I'm going up to 147. I want 147. I want Errol I'm a big mother. I want that ugly ass mother. That droopy eye, dopey eye mother, man. Googly eye looking ass mother. Oh, Errol Spence Jr. Look at that mother. He's a tremendous fighter. He's a Mexican Mike Tyson. I support. All right, so um, you heard what he had to say. He said he wants Earl Spence at one forty-seven. G man, you got to look on your face. What you got to say? Yeah, I don't know, man. Listen, it's just weird when grown ass men talk about the looks of other grown ass men. It's just like, yo, man, pause, bro. Like, I'm sorry. This is this ain't the first time Roly has done that. It's like all the time he always got to talk about dudes' looks. I just be like, yo, fam, it's kind of feminine. I don't know. But to in regards to him it's a, first, new, it's a new generation, bro. Yeah, I'm I'm hip. <laughs> hey, it's 2022. Be you Roly, be you, man. Yeah, be apparently, you. man. Hey, judgment free. You know what I mean? So but Hey, if Roley prefers to box attractive fighters, more attractive fighters than Earl Spence, 
Who are we to say anything about it? Go ahead, G. Yeah, but I don't know. I low key, I kind of felt it was racist too. But hey, that's just me. And the only reason why I'm saying that, and I don't like to bring it to that level, but when they asked him about Pitbull right after, oh, he's a he's a Mexican Mike Tyson. Great. That isn't that. I'm like, bro, so you gonna tell me you don't see no greatness in Spence? All you see is his looks. But you talking about Pitbull? But you think it was what he looked like De La Hoya or something? You know what I mean? Like, come on, man, quit the cap, bro. So. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't like it, man. I really just don't like it. But in regards to uh, Roly moving up to 147 to, to go up against Spence, if they make that, for one, I don't believe it. I don't think Spence is going to go that low. Like, Spence, to me, will lose a lot of uh, credibility for that because it's like, bro, you just pick. That's, again, this the, the problem I have with Eubank will be the same thing I have with Spence if he fights a uh, Roly. Like, like, come on, yo. Like, really campaigns are like, what, 135? So now you want a guy from 135 to come up to 147 real quick just to get beat up? Like, we just seen this guy get knocked out by Tank. Now we want to see him at, what, 147 to get knocked out by Spence? I don't know. It just doesn't even make sense, man. Like, Spence, focus on TC. And then after that, I would like to see Spence actually move up. Or if he's going to stay at 147 to go up against Boots. If he's not going to stay to fight Boots, go up to 154, man. Let me see what you do, uh, you know, at a higher weight class. But Roley, like, and man, listen, yeah, Roley may have power for 135-er, but I don't know how that power is going to translate at 147. And we know for a fact Roley doesn't have good footwork. So it's just going to be too much of a one-sided fight. I don't know, man. It's like Roley must be delusional. I don't know what they're telling Roley. Uh, over there at PBC, like, yeah, we can make this fight happen, champ. You know, like, don't worry about that loss to Tank. That made you a star. We're going to get you the big payday with Spence. They're lying to him. You know what I mean? It's all fluff. It's all cap. So I just don't like the fight. I think Roley's a madman. You know, Roley, I think you you do, you do have a better chance at calling out Ryan Garcia. Like, since y'all seem cool, I think Ryan might give you a shot, you know, and I think that does a lot lot more. You have a better chance of actually securing that fight and possibly even beating Ryan than, for one, getting a fight with Spence because that's not going to happen, and you definitely not going to beat Spence. So just, man, play your position and play the card. Play the hand that you dealt. 130, I could mean at 135, I could see that. Maybe even 140. Don't jump all the way up to 147. Not with your skill sets. It's, that's real dangerous. So <laughs> yeah, respect yourself. All right, TVE. Man, Roley's a different breed of human, yo. I'm going to say that right now. Like, I don't know what's going on with him. I was going to say he's punch drunk, but he looked drunk off the punch. So, <laughs> Roley, Roley, don't do it to yourself, man. I really, you need to get back in it and really train and really get on some fighters that's on your level and beat, see if you can beat them. But right now, you you're not on Spence's level. And you don't need you don't need to be talking about I want Spence now. You don't even need to be talking about Spence. You keep that man name out your mouth. And G said it bothers me when grown men talk about other men's looks. It bothers me when grown men talk about other keep keep other men in their mouth like when they, they ain't even worried about whoa, you. Like, whoa, 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 
At least it bothers. Really? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> at least it bothers. Bro, you need to focus on yourself and get back to your great. Maybe you're the worst. What you doing right now? I love you. Man, man, they ain't no mouth. Like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, you need to fo- Oh, my goodness. Well, you need to focus on yourself and get back to your greatness. Yo, we like you. But what you're doing right now, I don't like. All right, get together, man. <laughs> <laughs> Pause. <laughs> oh man, jeez. All right, I gotta regroup. All right, listen. Um, I think what sparked that comment was the fact that Ryan Garcia and Earl Spence made a twenty thousand dollar bet, and Earl Spence bet twenty thousand that Tank was going to beat Roly, and so then Ryan ended up having to pay. Um, I think that's really what it all comes down to. And I think that's what motivated um, Roley to say those things. I think it would be very unwise for Roley to fight Earl Spence. Uh, I think better fighters who are more technically sound and even more powerful than him have tried and they have failed. Um, you know, and guys have moved up to fight Spence like Mikey Garcia, for example. But at the time, Mikey Garcia was on the pound for pound list. And many people thought he was more talented and more skilled than Earl Spence, which is why people were like, okay with it. Because when you have a small, great fighter, like, like Usyk, for example, who moved up from cruiserweight to fight these heavyweights and even beat Anthony Joshua. When you look at Usyk and you watch Usyk, you know, you're seeing talent, but you don't also just know you're seeing it. It's proven. Proven in the Olympics, proven in cruiserweight. Roley, on the other hand, um, just got knocked out by Tank and didn't really prove anything. So if Spence was to fight Roley, um, a lot of people are gonna be looking at Spence like, come on, bro, like you can do better. Like, not even you can do better. People are gonna be looking at Spence like do better. Like, come on now. Especially when you got a Terrence Crawford fight looming out there and you got I don't, if you notice, we didn't even stop talking about it because this has become so ridiculous. You have a, one group of TC fans, one group of Earl Spence fans, and then in the middle are logical people who are just saying, make the damn fight. Like, And when you make the damn fight, we'll get excited about it. But sitting here, pointing a finger at TC, pointing a finger at Earl Spence, that's not I, – I'm not about that. But I'll tell you what, if Earl Spence doesn't make the TC fight happen so he can fight Roley, <laughs> uh, I'm going to have a, a lot of things to say about it. So that's my take on it. All right. Thank you for rocking with us. Uh, remember, you can catch us on all major streaming services, our podcast. And I'm Caden. That's Chef Boyar G, also known as Conspiracy G. And we have the TBE in the building. Thanks for rocking with us. It's the oh, boxing special world. shout out to our cousin Complex. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Complex and the Trill Dog Bill couldn't be here. Salute. Yes, sir.